coming up on Thunder Pop. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the 37th episode of the Thunder Pop podcast. I am your host, Stephen Presley. <laughs> and. Good day, cunts! Uh, yes. <laughs> Reed Charles joins me once again. Oh boy! Yeah, that that does not offend anybody. Um, and speaking of offending people, we've got the one and only Matt Wilkins joining us from the Expanded Universe YouTube channel. How does he offend people? Oh uh, well, no, I'm just 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 messing with him. He's going to be joining us here shortly. We're doing a very special episode. Yes, indeed, it's about lost media. I wonder where I got the idea to do a show about lost media. Goddamn. We'll talk about that right after this song. Yes, indeed, it is the 37th episode from the Thunderpop Dome. I am your host, Stephen Presley, with Reed Charles once again. Hello. We're doing a special today about lost media, whether it's lost literature, lost TV shows, lost films, things that you can't, we, we'd like to be able to find or acquire. Virginity? Uh, that. That's yeah, could Lost be virginity. that could be media if it's filmed. While oh, no, uh, no, no, okay, uh, let's skip that one. Uh huh. But at any rate, we're here to talk about lost media. Where where would I get an idea to do a show about lost hmm. media? Hmm. Where would that inspiration come hmm. from? So we had recently posted a little uh, little audio on our podcast channel website, yeah, making a call for people that had. Downloaded episode number 34, 34 yeah. of this podcast. And that was the episode where Reed joined me and we did an episode. It was our first two-parter mm-hmm. about Star Trek fan films. Chris, so, uh, was it? Uh, this would have been about three three episodes ago. Yeah, three episodes, yeah. And we had the one and only Christian Gossett, Christian. director from mm-hmm. Prelude to Axanar, so gracious to come on and, and, we, and we talked about Richard Hatch and what an amazing interview. Yeah, man, it was. It was what, an, what a terrific episode. That I managed to lose. God damn it! So <laughs> here's the thing: for we've been doing this uh, podcast for about. I'm gonna and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna own it because that's that's I'm gonna man well, the I'm, gonna, thing I'm is, gonna man up and I'm gonna own it. Well, we we could always get him back later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna man up and I'm gonna own I'm gonna own my mistake because that's 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 what a man does, right, Reed Charles? Or you can run and cower. I could run and cower, which I almost thought of doing. No, I considered. Just trying to reinvent re reinvent history, and I was going to record a different episode thirty four and pretend that the other thirty four did never happen. No, that that's like you know when you try to change history, you can't change history, man. You can't change history. You can't be doing so, that shit. So you're gonna repeat it. You're gonna repeat it if you don't. You know, if face you it. If you don't face it, exactly. So we talked, and finally, it's like you know I'm gonna own it. I, I goofed. We've been doing. We've done about forty recordings. Yeah. We've done thirty-seven shows, and then another five Thunderpop extras, I believe. So over over forty recordings. 
And we've been doing this for about a year and a half. Yeah, shit. And I'm happy to say that this had never happened before. Mm-hmm. It could have happened on the first week. I didn't know what the hell we were doing the first week we recorded this podcast. Had no good idea what we were doing. But then it happened a year and a half later. And this was, I had a system. I had a system where I was, where I was able to archive and save past episodes. But then I, I lost, the, lost my way for one week. Get lazy, man. I got lazy and got complacent. Mm-hmm. And long story short, there was a glitch in our hosting where I was loading an episode, our newer episode, it was 35, which was Alec Peters' episode mm-hmm. that we recorded with Alec Peters, also from Prelude to XNR. Yeah, the producer. Yeah. And and so ironic that it was an Alec Peters I episode. Know. It was Alec Peters oh. that deleted Christian Gossett. I know. It, it is It is like that. And you know how and it's much... It's kind of weird. You it's know how weird. he would get a giggle out of that. He probably, yeah, he probably would. Because there's a little bit of a, there's a, you know, kind of some, still some friction there between the two of them. Yeah. That we, we covered... And that two part of those two episodes. Have you have you contacted Gossett? Uh, no, I'm too embarrassed to admit to him yeah, that, I, that I erased his episode. Not yet. Yeah. So we basically we lost an episode, and so this is the thing. We'll cover we'll cover this more at the end of the show when we do thoughts and advice. Because guess what? <laughs> thoughts and advice today really hits close to home. But yeah, I was the asshole. I was the dumbass, and I'll admit it. I, I erased. I wouldn't say I you're lost. an asshole. You yeah. just, you know, shit happens, man. No, yeah, more of a dumbass, not an asshole. It'd be more of a dumbass move. Not an, a, it's asshole. a dumbass. You're not a it's, dumbass. You didn't mean a dumbass move. I made a dumbass move. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. It's fair enough. So, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to turn this. I was talking to Johnny went about it mm-hmm. after it happened. And he said, "I'm going to turn this thing on its head, and we're going to, we're just going to own it, and we're going to make it part of. The, we'll just we'll make it part of the show. Part of the history now. Part of the history. Yeah. And it's it's quite a storied history. Oh. So damn it, there was so much good stuff on that. So much good. That was a. We thought after we recorded it, we thought it was probably our best show. It was that the we best had, show ever. Well, best m- show biggest we wig. It was the biggest wig we interviewed. Yeah, but well, then since then now we've had Alec Peters and yeah. we've had Ingvil Delia on. And I know. We, so, today we're gonna have Matt Wilkins back on. No, but no champ. Another big champ. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You live and you you, you got to take the what you get the positive out of something like that. Mm-hmm. And as great an episode as that was, and and read. Listen to that episode Damn. multiple times. Multiple and times he was on the episode, he was there, and you were it, you, the stuff you did on that was really fucking funny too with the fart noises. I was like, why yeah. did you do that? Well, and we'll do that again sometime. You said because I don't give a shit. I go, that's that's the, that's the answer I was looking for, sir. Yes, that's that. <laughs> but you know what? Because I don't give a shit. Yeah, and of course we just had the Bronies episode where I. <laughs> oh boy! But but here's the thing. This is the thing. You know, you take the positive from that. As great as that episode was, and as sad as it was to lose that episode. We could do it. And, and it, to tell you what happened was it, was, it was when I was loading the new episode, I mistakenly loaded it over mm-hmm. 34. You, you should talk about this because you don't want anyone else doing this. Yeah. If you have a podcast. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. And you're in your dashboard, be very careful. Because one of the things that happened was you have to have the file named exactly yeah. Yeah. precisely what the previous file was named mm-hmm. if it's not if it's even off a dot or a number or a text the text has to match it so basically if you have episode 34 dot mp3 dot mp3 yeah. if it's mp3 mp3 dot just a little bit different yeah. it will it won't work it doesn't it doesn't load wow. it goes into a infinite time of just like 
processing, but it doesn't process. Holy shit. So you have to go back to the previous dashboard for the previous episode to see what to see what you named it. Yeah. And you have to use that same order or it won't load. It's a it's a weird glitch. It's in the hosting. And I've talked to the hosting company about that yeah. before and they said it's just the way it is. You have to make sure it matches. And all pre- you do is change the number. You just change a number. Yeah. You know, it could be 36, 37, 38, but if it says 36.mp3, you need to be 37.mp3 or exactly. it's, it's not going to load. Exactly. Wow. So I have sometimes I'll forget, so I have to go back and look what did I use as oh my, my file name God. so I can match. And that's where I made the mistake. I went into the, the old dash, I went into a previous dashboard. I said, there it is. Then I started loading, but I loaded in the wrong window. Oh, so it replaced it. And then this is where I made a dumbass move. Oh. I had always archived previous episodes in case something like that ever happened. But the one time I had my guard down God. on that on that sort of thing. Yeah. So here's the thing. We'll talk about this at the end of the show mm-hmm. about something called cloud storage. Yes. And getting us... No, this is good to talk about, man. Yeah. This is good. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. That'll be the thoughts and advice. In this episode, Lost Media. And ladies and gentlemen, back making a return, long overdue appearance on the Thunderpop podcast... Jedi Master Matt Wilkin. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? I am doing excellent. How are you guys doing? We're wonderful. Good to see it's you again, good. Jedi Master Wilkins. I'm telling you what, it's good to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we thank you for, for joining us on the Lost Episodes. And I, I'm going to give you a little backstory. I opened up the show talking about it. And I, I, did, I, I made a huge asshole move. A few weeks ago, we've been doing this show. We've been about a year and a half, but we're still, you know, we're still kind of in the infancy as as pod as podcasters, learning, you know, uh, with some growing pains here and there. And you know, I've never lost Oops. lost an episode of my own podcast until a couple of weeks ago. I oh made, no! I made a huge asshole move, and I lost an episode of our podcast. First episode I've ever lost. We've done about forty of these. Mm-hmm. And I finally lost an episode. And, and the reason why I say I'm an asshole is because <laughs> I know about stuff called cloud storage. I know about stuff called Dropbox. <laughs> and you ignored it. And I still, you know, did not. You know, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a DJ. I should know about this type of stuff. A person that does any level of any kind of production, even if you make like cat videos, you should know about. Backing your shit up. See, I, and actually, to my defense, I had a system in place, and I'd stuck with that system, and it's always worked for me, until two weeks ago, I let my guard down on, my, oh. on the system. And it was the one time I let my guard down that I had a glitch with my hosting. And, and oh. when I was trying to load an episode in, I was running into this problem. And anyway, long story short, it, it led to me losing an actual file. Yeah, and we're and, and me and Reed believe out, outside of your episode, which is still one of our most listened to episodes, top five. It, it's actually number two. Damn, it's, it's number two most listened <laughs> wow. to. Wow, the first that you were number one for a long time, but then you were surpassed by our Dune episode. We did a Dune episode where we went to go look for the real spice, like on the planet, like in the movie, in the yes. book. Yes, and we went and tried something called kratom at a bookstore near here. And uh, which is like a stimulant. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's supposed to make you very alert. And uh, they've tried to make it illegal. They tried to make it a class. Was it class one? What do you call it? Something class. It's like a high priority class where it's like uh, cocaine and, and, and you know serious. Yeah, they had tried to shut it down, but they didn't. So we tried that on the show, and then we you know we got a lot of it. There's a huge kratom. Yeah. 
like culture of people on the on the internet. It's good for like people who are uh, are addicted to heroin. It gets them off of heroin. It gets them off of heroin. So we did we did yeah. kratom shots on the air on mm-hmm. the podcast. And anyway, that's that's been our most listened to episode. It's baffling, but we had all these kratom people mm-hmm. listening to our show that that week. Well, everyone knows the spice must flow. <laughs> that's exactly. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn this shit around, own my mistake, and I'm just going to do an episode about it. And that's where you come in, Matt, because nobody knows more about finding shit, collecting yeah, shit, you. And, and collecting shit. Jedi fucking Master Wilkins! <laughs> On the show! Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, well, there is a lot out there that I still don't have that I know exists that I would love to collect. So people that missed Matt on the show the first time, you have a very popular YouTube channel, yeah. The Expanded Universe. Right, where I talk about, I review The Expanded Universe. Yeah, and he, so he's a Expanded Universe guy in the Star Wars EU, and you've stuck with that. You've remained loyal to that. When Disney took over Star Wars, they broke from the EU, and we're not talking about Brexit. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about a, different, a different break from the EU. Universe exit. Exactly. So that now is where Matt Wilkins comes in. He has this great YouTube channel. Now you also do other, you review board games. You yeah, I do board game board reviews games. too. And how I started with the expanded universe videos is I saw a bunch of misinformation out there when Disney took over because everyone started talking about the expanded universe like they knew what they were talking about, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And they're saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, it was never considered canon, and it never connected, and it was this and that, and it was full of contradictions." And I was sitting here in my room going, "Are you serious? Come on, someone defend it." And no one would. And I, I remember I made one video defending the expanded universe. And I was going, wow, no one knows about the expanded universe here. And I have a complete collection. And I said, I, I can't believe no one's saying anything. So I did my first video defending the expanded universe, left it like that. Then a week later thought, no, there's still some more things I want to say. So I said <laughs> some more things. And I said, okay, now I'm done. And then I thought, I was like, well, you know what? Good things come in threes, so I need a trilogy. So I'm going to do one more video, and I'm going to leave it at that. And I was content to just leave it at that. And when I made my third video, and I remember I was cruising through YouTube, and I saw some other kid from West Texas talking about Star Wars. He was saying a lot of things I was saying. But then he finally just looked at the camera and went, oh, and and Matt Wilkins. And I like, <laughs> still, okay. you just say my name? He's like, he, he's the smartest guy with Star Wars. You need to watch his channel. I was going, how does he know about me? And I, I showed my wife. My wife's like, how does he know your name? I said, I don't know. <laughs> From there, you kind of got YouTuber fever. Yeah, I tell you what, 2,400 subscribers later. <laughs> uh, this is Yeah, I think the last time we talked to you, you were uh, uh, 1,500. And I've I've, been, yeah. almost grown 1,000 since then, I know. it's been It's been crazy, but it's been really great. I mean... I didn't. I didn't do this to get popular on YouTube at all. I just did it to defend the expanded universe. And then I got. I found out there's just a bunch of like-minded people like me, who probably just didn't have the quotes and didn't have the. Uh, well, don't have the collection. I'm not bragging there either. I, to my knowledge, you had asked me. You know, what am I missing from my collection? Nothing but unpublished material that I can't find. There is some unpublished material I do have. That no one else has. But then there's unpublished material I can't find, too. That kind of plays into our episode. Our lo- and it lost, does. Lost episode. Lost issues can go into that category, too. And so we'll each are going to come in with something. And it can be a lost episode of a show, a movie, or it can be a lost issue of a, of a comic book. Yeah. Uh, so whatever the lost form of media is that you would love to be able to acquire, that's kind of what we're going to come in and talk about. Now, 
Talking about your connection with the expanded universe, speaking of our one of our lost episodes, we did a two-parter. So one of the episodes we still have, but of, of that two-parter, we did a two-parter on Star Trek fan films. And, of course, there's a huge market for Star Trek and Star Wars fan films in 2017. Have you watched any of them, Matt? I have seen very few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the uh, effort that goes into that. Uh but for me, a lot of times, these are people who want to, uh, I don't know, the story needs to be a little bit better for me. I, there's, there's a lot I do like. I can't remember. There's one about a snow, snow speeder pilot that crashes on Hoth, which I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Something simple. Seems like everyone wants to be a Jedi and everyone wants to be a Sith, and they just want to swing around a lightsaber. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I would probably <laughs> do that, too. Sure. Yeah. That's a great Saturday afternoon. <clears throat> exactly. Well, so I've seen like a few. We just did uh, on the Star Trek, and I'll, I'll go, well, I've got a recommendation for you. I don't have a good recommendation on Star Wars, but read my yeah. to recommend a good Star Wars. But on Star Trek, Prelude to Axanar. That was our that was our pick, and we were able to get the the director and producer. Mm-hmm. Wow! And so that that was really impressive. The really well done, yeah. and they have Battlestar Galactica's Richard Hatch, yeah, as a in a principal character role. I will say this: Star Trek fan films, I think, are better than Star Wars fan mm-hmm. films because yes. there are some... I don't remember the name of the person, but they did their own TV series of the original Star Trek, like Star Trek-like era. Mm-hmm. And they even had um, Sulu, uh, George Takai. George Takai, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Frontiers. On, was that what it was called? Yeah, I think it was Frontiers, mm-hmm. yeah. It's really well produced. Mm-hmm. And the, the stuff that they did... In fact, they recently got... Not recently, it was probably a year or so mm-hmm. ago. They got... Funded on Kickstarter, what seventy thousand yeah, dollars for a them. fan yeah. film? Mm-hmm. The what was it called? The Something War? I can't remember. But well, you talking about? What did you talk about? Uh, Frontiers did that, or another one? No, no, no. One Frontiers is another one, and CB. No, no. Who owns them? Oh, you're talking uh, about yeah, that, that's that's the ones we did. That's, that's Prelude. The one. To, that's yeah. the one. Prelude to Axanar, and so yeah. that one raised so much money. They had a million and a half. Oh yes, yes, yes. That one. So yeah. it got made. No, it didn't. They, what they did was they did a uh, prelude to Axanar, which is the one that's 22 minutes long. That's the one where they, they, they raised half a million dollars. Then they did another one where they did the Vulcan uh, Sarek, I, I believe. I forget which the ambassador, that the one you see on Enterprise. They used his character on this one, and they did like a small couple of like, like five-minute one. Then they, were, then they, raised, they used that episode to – it's like a small intro to the Vulcan homeworld, basically. And then that money yeah. they, they raised to about a million and a half, and that's when they were going to do Axanar Part Three, you know, or, or actually Part Four, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. There was no Part One and Part Two, so they're going to do the actual film, film, and that's when it all went to shit. Basically, when Paramount sued them and CBS were going to sue them, and that's where it all it all fell apart. Yeah, mm. right there when they had a perfect example of making the fans happy on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. That's yep. the thing I don't understand about they they've really goofed up on that. But that's that's a topic for another day. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. at some point, one of these days, maybe just once, these these big studios will actually figure out a way to do something for the fans that the fans actually would would like them to do. Yeah, because the thing is, the fans put their money together, and you won't put that movie together. So why not let the fans do it? Yeah, if, if, as long as they're not trying to, you know, sell the DVDs for, you know, online. There's no, there's no problem with that. They can make whatever they want. I, I, I think so. As so, long as they're not making a profit. Here's my point. So we're talking about fan, 
media. There's also fan literature in in terms mm-hmm. of uh, for the uh, the big Star Wars and Star Treks and of the world. Mm-hmm. What about could that be? Is that the way for the fans to continue the EU? Is through yeah, you, yeah fan exactly. fan yeah. literature. Okay, that's been that's been discussed. I, I actually, if anyone's seen my old videos, that was actually Plan B, and <laughs> I, I had to hold back on that idea because then I realized it wouldn't work quite yet. And here's why: mm. uh, for fa- there are some good fans out there who can probably write some excellent fiction, but would you consider it? You know, you know, fan authority. You know, the uh, the end all authority for the official continuation. Well, no, it wouldn't be a considered, uh, considered official. However, if Michael Stackpole, who wrote a bunch of the X-Wing Rogue Squadron books and several novels within the Expanded Universe, if he came out on his website and said, hey, guys, I wrote this little fanfic about Cornhorn. It's not part of the Star Wars canon. It's just something I wrote in my spare time. Here it is. Every single Star Wars fan would consider that canon. Why? Because they, he has their respect. Yeah. And they know that he can write a great story. So what you would need to do for this to be take effect mm-hmm. is I, I just announced a, a website, uh, theexpandeduniverse.com. And oh, on we got that, breaking news right here on, yeah, on the Thunder yeah. Pop. Breaking news up in this place. The Expanded Universe website. Where can we find that? Theexpandeduniverse.com. Okay, great. Yeah. And on the expandeduniverse.com, there's going to be articles. It's going to be stuff just dedicated to EU fans because we don't have a place where we can go. No. Star Wars won't even make a Legends tab in their website, which is the most boringest website ever. And if they put a Legends tab in there and put like Legend stuff, man, I'd be visiting it every day. And I was talking to a friend of mine, so he put together this website. We're going to let it go. I'm writing articles on it. There's a couple of other contributors we have writing various articles. Uh, mainly EU focused, but just basically for our love of Star Wars, and that's something that people of the expanded universe can still enjoy. But on that website, what I would like to do eventually is showcase some fan fiction—not just any fan fiction, some actually good fan fiction. Now, I have a collection of what I think is just top-notch fan fiction, mm-hmm. and I have collected it over the years. There haven't been that many good fanfic stories, in my opinion. A lot of fan fiction, I don't know how much fan fiction you look at, but a lot of fan fiction has the Dear Diary moment. You know, it's like Anakin's thoughts during Episode 2. Anakin's thoughts during Episode 2? It's, it's, I want Padme. I want Padme now. That's his thoughts during Episode (laughs) 2. You don't have to write a book about that, you know? Oh, that Padme's so hot. (laughs) You know, that's what he's thinking. He's not thinking, my love for you is like this pair that I will... Yeah, <laughs> yeah so ridiculous I mean, that was. It's yeah, so ridiculous, yeah. some of the stuff they do. And then and then you have uh, other fan fiction like What If Stories. What if Luke and Mara had two kids? Uh, what are you talking? What? And I don't want to read all that. I want to read good, you know, gritty fan fiction, and I've gotten a good collection of that. I'd like to showcase that, maybe encourage other people to submit mm-hmm. their fan fiction, and who knows, after doing this for a while, you may see... Man, maybe let's say there's this guy named, let's say it's me, I write something, and they say, ooh, you know what, I like that Matt guy, I hope he writes another story. And then we get a fan base, and if people like this person's stories enough, then that's when I would probably ask him, hey, why don't you write a story based off this character? Because wow. if, if it, it, and it builds a, a fan relationship and a trust 
that we that Stackpole, Zone, all the other authors automatically have because they've written good stuff and we trust them. And if they wrote fan fiction, we would consider it canon. If there is someone that can gather enough fans' respect and he or she wrote some great fiction, then guess what? Me and everyone else would be eating it up, following it, and considering it part of our canon. So it is possible, but that is a long-term plan that would have to happen. And, to, and I mean, you, you can call me a little, you know, blindsided here, but I still think, I still think there's a good chance that Lucasfilm will bring back Legends based off of what Leland Chi said at Celebrations this year. And I actually Ooh. put this on the on my channel. He said there is no truth when it comes to Star Wars. There what is what no did he truth. mean by that? What do you think he meant by that? <clears throat> well, he could have meant several things. I, he just said, hey, fans, I, I, what I personally think it was, I think it was, you know what, guys? We already have some contradictions in the new canon. Because a few people have pointed out there's a few it's contradictions. and wasn't that what the, Yeah. Yeah, wasn't that what the story group was all for, to stop that? And it looks like they're running it. And they will run into the same problems because... There's so many movies coming. There's a movie coming out every year. There's a TV show every year. Yeah. And, I mean, I love the expanded universe, but we had it easy. The reason there's so much continuity is because we had six films in the span of 20 years. I mean, yeah. there wasn't anything out there to really contradict it for us to keep jumping through hoops. So the, uh, the EU was playing, you know, life on, on easy. Uh, and so this new story group, they have to handle things. Night, there's a new movie coming out that's going to change whatever they've written before. If a comic book says this is Jabba the Hutt's past, but then a movie comes out and changes that past, well, then they're screwed. Now, what do you, so what do you, think, what do you mean by that? Because I remember you talking about the redconning. I heard you talk about redconning. I didn't know what that meant. I saw that one video you talked about that. So, oh, I'm sorry. A, a, a retcon is when you correct a past mistake by trying to explain it further. And there are several retcons within the expanded universe, most mainly when the trilogy came out. Okay. People didn't know what the Jedi Order would be. Even George Lucas changed his mind from talking to Timothy Zahn. He told him the Clone Wars happened 10 years before Episode Four. Wow. And George Lucas, of course, changed his mind and set it back more, you know, closer to 20 years. Mm -hmm. So the timeline was a little messed up. Uh, people talked about how Boa Fett's origin they thought was messed up because there was a short story that came out that said his name was Jaster Muriel. We came in into this 18, 19-year-old Jaster Muriel from the planet uh, Concord Dawn. And then we find out in the uh, trilogy the of prequels that he's actually a clone. Yeah. Well, that's okay because in the retcon of the story, they said yes. His name was Jaster Muriel. That was his fake name. See, that's was, awesome. Yeah, uh, that's how they yeah. cover it up. So, yeah. That, so you're you're telling me that the new Disney timeline is basically there's no cohesion to all this because that's the part I, I didn't it, understand. It's starting to slip. Oh. Um. It, because uh, a good friend of mine, Nathan Butler, has put together some inconsistencies with the new canon. They're minor. Yeah. Like I saw, yeah. in a. In one story, Luke does not know how to do this force power. But yeah, in another mean, yeah. story that happened years later, he knows how to do it. So you're like, well, what? which one is it? Well, could he, have developed, could he have developed that power? I mean, could he have... Like, and, then for, and then forgotten about it? Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's, been, he's been by himself <laughs> but, on that planet for all but, those years, so spoiler alert. I think, what, I think what Leland Chi was saying was saying, hey, look, we, we can't explain it all. We're going to make mistakes. There's going to be changes, and there is no truth. But for me, I'm like, okay, great. There is no truth. So why not throw out a Legends book, a new Legends novel? Remember, they said they wouldn't do that because yeah. they think the fans are stupid yeah. and they think fans yeah. wouldn't be able to tell the difference. 
uh, Star Trek fans aren't stupid because they're getting a TV show that has nothing to do to, with J.J. Abrams' universe. They're getting a TV show. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. happening in the old timeline. The, and no one's worried about anyone getting confused. Yeah, so the, are the we timeline. Talk- yeah, the prime timeline, the Kelvin line. Yeah. And we talked to, you know, we're talking about uh, Prelude to Axanar, the direct, uh, the uh, producer, rather. Alec mm-hmm. Peters was here on the le- uh, the show before last, and he said, I love the Star Trek multiverse. Is that what we're talking about here? You're wanting a multiverse, and you're okay with a multiverse. Well, yes, yes, and there is a multiverse. Mm-hmm. There is, yeah. Already, is. if you yeah. think about it, there is Legends, and there is the Disney canon. You right. want Disney to support that, though, and not like try to hide it. Yes, yes. I w- why not do both? Why, like I've said before with uh, Walking Dead, you have a TV show and a comic book that share the same universe, yes. share the same characters, but right now, completely different storylines, right? Different, yeah, two different parallel universes, right. Yeah, is, that, is that the end game? Is that what you would like? Is that your goal? Is that what you would like yes, to achieve? Yes, I would love that. I would love Disney that. To stop like fronting on the on the uh, EU and be able to say, okay, there's going to be a Star Wars multiverse, just like there is with Star Trek, just like yes. there is with Batman. Yes, son of a bitch. Because basically, when you said something about about uh, this this new the the website you just mentioned earlier, there's no tab on Star Wars for Legends. Because in in my opinion, you're my tab. I have to I go I have to go back to your YouTube yeah. channel. To listen to what you had to say to be up with, up to date because I can't I can't research all this all the stuff all the knowledge you've dropped into my chasm of a brain. I learned from your videos because I was so behind. I tell you the truth when we before we interviewed like last year, I didn't know what the I didn't know what the hell EU meant. I knew <laughs> I knew I knew what it was, but I didn't realize it was called EU. It's like what the fuck is EU? The European <laughs> Union? What is that? I didn't know what that meant. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. Then I started watching all your videos, and it caught me up because you were my tab to go to. You were my wiki for this, to, to, to learn all this stuff. And so that's the reason why I keep going back to you to keep in tabs of what the news is. And when you start talking about retconning, that's why I was like, what is this retcon? What the hell does that mean? And I started listening to your videos, and that kind of explained it all for me. And I noticed that, too, when the scar thing came out on Kyle Ren's head. And I was like, what the? Okay, they're already screwing up. Continuity is, is out the window. You know, EU had their problems with continuity too, but they fixed it, and everyone was okay with it. You know, <clears throat> okay. yeah, they fixed it. And, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, just, no, go ahead, go ahead. there's a huge lobby. You mentioned how someone had paid for a billboard at one point. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. For, yes, we for we EU. funded a billboard. That's correct. Yeah, you got you were involved in that, correct? Uh, yes, I was. So there's a huge lobby here. Why is Disney so hard headed about this? Because they are a little hard. They've been they've been hard. I mean, they got they Disney also is is involved in the Marvel Marvel, Marvel films. Yeah. That's their one of their their arms of their their huge corporation. And they have you know with that they've got the Avengers and they have created a cohesive Avengers universe in the films and TV shows. But simultaneously, mm-hmm. there's still comic books coming out that are not. Part of that same universe, yeah. But are, gonna, are, there, are they to, or are they not? No, they're not. But so they're it's okay. It's, it's, it's that's okay kind of a there. given. No, because because the Marvel universe is Universe six thirty one or whatever the hell it is, and then we know that the the cinematic universe of Marvel, that's a different one. We know the comic books are one universe, and this and the show, the movies are one universe. But there's no difference there to me. That's the same. I mean, they're doing they're letting that go. Yeah, they're let, no, they're letting it pass, just but, like the way Disney but they should won't let, let it go with Star Wars. Right, they should let it go with Star Wars too. And they should, and that well, that's because Stephen, you're speaking with what's called common sense, <laughs> and a, a lot of people. No, seriously. And here's the thing: I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking about why not make more Star Wars is good for everyone. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that we're the only it's 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 an upside down world that we're living in when you're in the Star Wars franchise where they figure there has to be just one cohesive story, there can't be anything else. But yes, they do acknowledge that legends exist and it is in its own universe. It's right there. This is this is not some fly by night we made three novels and that was it. Well, 30 this years? is 30 This is 35 years yeah. of continuous storyline. It's massive, it's huge. It's had a huge fan club. And the thing is, the only thing we can do is what we're doing right now. We're growing every day more and more, and we're still asking for legends. I'm, I'm telling you, Lucasfilm, for one, is shocked. They thought for sure that when Episode Seven hit theaters, that we would stop whining. Because nope. the clone, there was a Clone Wars movement a long time ago, but r- during us. It was us, and there was a Save the Clone Wars movement. And that Save the Clone Wars movement fizzled out the moment Rebels hit the air. They fizzled out. They're, they're still around, but there's very few of them, and they're not getting any support because most people have just left and gone off with Rebels. The same did not happen when Episode Seven hit, and I think that kind of shocked Lucasfilm. Now, so far, uh, communication, in my opinion, is working out great. Uh, the Twin Sons Foundation, which is very EU-friendly and very supportive of the EU, got an invitation to set up a table. They were fronting the EU. Wow. They had... They had a few people come up to their desk, ask how they're doing. They had a lot of people ask if I was there. <laughs> In fact, one of the people was Delray, the Whoa. publisher. Yeah. Delray asked for me, and they asked if I was there. And they have a package that's coming in the mail to me from Delray. More breaking know- news right here. Breaking news up in this place. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it is because my uh, I haven't I haven't announced that yet, but it oh. it, it is coming out, and uh, it's nothing much. It's just something little. But the thing is, Delray's watching. You're Wikipedia? doing. You're, you're still. They're watching your videos. That's what yeah, you're yeah, doing. No, Delray's watching me. Wikipedia is watching me. They just reached out to me to Whoa! say hello. And also, a few of the authors are well, watching me. I'm and watching the editors. You. I'm watching the star, old Star Wars editors of the of the uh, magazines and on. online. I'm, watch, I need, I need I'm watching get, you, Master I need Wilkins. to get read, read <laughs> some air. I'm getting I, too excited right now. I just I just had. <laughs> I just got a, a CPAP machine a couple of months ago. I've been using. I'm going to go ahead and bring it in and give him some oxygen. And, we, some air. Some oxygen. and then we can we can resume. <laughs> but but here's the deal, Reed. You're exactly right. I mean, here's the and they kept calling me. And said Matt, do you know that Delray is watching your channel? I went, huh? That's cool. They said Matt, hold. And then they call me again. Do you know that Wikipedia is watching your channel? I said, oh no, I didn't know that one. That's cool. I did know that some of the authors are writing because some of the authors have reached out to me. And spoken wow. to me before. That's um, so, awesome. so, so what are they? They're just saying we like what you're doing. Keep it up. Is that what these authors are coming coming out? Yes. You with? One of the authors went to defend. <laughs> and the thing is, I oh, never so think awesome. that people are. I never think that people are watching me. I, ne- important people. I mean, you know, like authors <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. And so when I do a review, I'm honest. If I don't like it, I'll say why. I know when what? you when you talk about reviews and they're not they're like the one you did do with with Darth Vader. Those I just watched. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we didn't like yes. that one. Sometimes I am very positive, but sometimes I'm honest. If I don't like an EU story, I will tell you. And also, those authors will contact me. <laughs> <laughs> those writers will defend it. One of them was Ryder Winham, who I actually love. Um, I said about his, uh, what was it, the Clone Wars, Breakout Squadron, children's books. I said they were great. The only thing I hated was the title to the third book, Sh- Duel at Shattered Rock. I said that sounds like a... 
old Western, you know, Indian phrase, duel at Shabbat Rock. I said, it makes no sense, and it's really dumb. I said, I bet the editor just changed the title without writer's permission. I said, but besides that, the book is great. Writer wrote me the next day after it came out, and he said, no, Matt, that was my idea. I'm sorry you didn't like it. I was like, whoa. I said, hey, I'm a big fan. Let me ask you some questions. And so now Ryder and I talk. uh, He's a good guy. And we talk, you know, here and there whenever I have questions, I'll reach out to some of the authors to make sure I get my story right Mm -hmm. on them. And at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of authors I respect that some of their books I just don't like. But, I mean, I'm going to be honest. This isn't something I would say in front of their face. I mean, I would say in front of their face, but not to be mean. Mm -hmm. If they're asking, if you want my honest opinion. So, I mean, and and if if they came back and said, well, I'd like to see you write a book. Well, I can't. And so you are actually a professional. I know that. But my job is to be a reviewer, but not blindly. Yes, I am a huge supporter of the Expanded Universe, but I also need to be honest with myself. My first ever review when I started reviewing through the books was, uh, what, Dawn of the Jedi? Oh, that's an awful book. And so my first book, everyone's yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, Matt's been championing the EU for years now, and he, you know, poops on the first book he reviews. <laughs> you know, no one likes that. So, um, but I'm, I am going to be honest. And thankfully, in all the reviews that I've done so far, everyone's been very supportive because if I don't like something, no one's attacked me on it because I thought, man, I used to get attacked all the time on the Star Wars forums for saying, I don't like this, and here's why. And main, mainly that is respect. That is respect, which I appreciate. And that's another thing. We, we talk very civil on my channel. You see a lot. There's a lot of immaturity on the Internet. You know that. Yeah. And The Internet's mm, going to be the Internet. The Internet's going to be the Internet. But I'm, I'm proud to say on my channel, people treat each other with respect. And I really appreciate that. Instead of having arguments, it, it's almost like it's a discussion. And I've seen some very formal discussions go down where two people are disagreeing on a topic. And then just, you know, maybe they come to a conclusion or they say, you know what, let's just agree to disagree. And I was like, wow, that was very civil minded. You know, that's using your emotional intelligence to, you know, uh, have a discussion, have well, a formal yeah. debate. Well, when it's all said and done, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about <laughs> fucking Star exactly. Wars. Nerd are talk. we going to be are we going to just totally <laughs> start like being cruel to each other over well, well, what happens is our, our passion overcomes our <laughs> brain there, mm-hmm. and then we start calling everyone douchebags if they don't agree with us. Or what I was called once, because these days oh. millennials have to label you something. You know, it's all about <laughs> putting a label on you. Yeah. I got called an edgy legends activist. <laughs> That's kind of cool, actually. What? I know. I think you should make a little like door sign or something with that on there, like for your office or something. I should. Oh, I have an update for my uh, hunting of the comics. Yeah, um, and for many listeners that have been following, you no know, read. Yeah, started this pursuit started when we first had Matt on, right? No, before he's Is the one. He, he, oh, went, that's right. He inspired before. me to go. He was the one. Insp- so mm-hmm. Matt inspired Reed to go on a yes. crusade, a journey to save as many as I can to collect as many of the Star Wars comic books. Yeah, as oh, you wow. So where From, so where are you at now? Well, I'm at 600 now, and I think the last time I talked to you, I was around like maybe 300. Now, where were you before? Like, did you start with zero? No, I had about I had about 250 of them. You started at 250. You already yeah. had that for a long time. And when I saw your videos, that's when I went out to go look for them. And then we interviewed you. And then I went to uh, all those, pretty much all the comic cons in he, Texas. He's gone to everyone he can get yeah. to in Texas. And so that's that, remember I, I said I was going to the one in Dallas. Now, after I went to some of the comic cons, ran out of money. You know, <laughs> ran out of money. 
And then I got to the point where, um, okay, I got so much money, I'm going to make this one more blowout. So I went to Dallas, was the last one I went to, at the, at the end of the year. And it was the uh, Titan Comics in Dallas on, I think, Forest Street. My God, that's an amazing comic book store. And so there, I pretty much cleared out with like $300 worth of, worth of Star Wars I could get. And I got to the point to where there's still more there I couldn't get. And I said, all I need is $20 to get home on gas, and I'm good. So I spent every single dime I had and got as many as I could save, and then I went home with the $20 of gas, and I, and I made it home. So he's you're so almost over-doubled what he started with. Oh, what you got there? Oh, I got that one. I think you have this one. No, 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 I don't. No, I don't have that one. Okay. Oh, my God. Now, what are we looking what? at? The, what the, we're looking at here oh. is I, I'm I'm doing this for Reed, sir. I, I why don't why don't you yet. why don't you have a a full back and why isn't that in mylar? What is wrong with you? I I, I know it should be in full back, shouldn't it? it should yes. be in, the hard back should be in it and everything. How dare you? But the, well, this one it came shipped to me like this, and I have been showcasing it off lately. The past wow. few weeks, I I need a hard back. I do have a hard back sleeve for it, but anyway. Wow. Uh, this is the Star Wars special. Yeah, those are rare. Um, this is what this is. This was a KB Toys exclusive. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of hard to get. You can find online, hopefully for twenty bucks, but sometimes forty. Mm-hmm. And what this is, this is the only reprinting of a Star Wars comic strip. Reprinting wow. that was never reprinted during Dark Horse's classic Star. Classic Star Wars, the trades, mm-hmm. those are basically comic strips put yes. in comic book form. Yes. They skipped this episode. No one knows why. Hmm. But KB Toys got it, and they did an exclusive. And this is the only, well, I say only reprint. Actually, I think Marvel comic books just came out with a complete run that includes this now. So actually, you can get this on, I can't remember which set collects it, but Marvel did come out with something that had this in there. Wow. But back in the day, this was the only way... And I got this before that, so I've ha- actually had this for a few months now, I guess. Yeah, but that then it came out later. But this is a single issue, nice. But uh, you can just look at Star Wars KB Toys exclusive. Yeah, it's that's one of, the, that's one of my up. targets. That's one of my targets. I'm looking for. I can't find. I haven't found that one yet. Yeah, it's one of well, the coolest looking, covers. You're looking for rare ones, and if you want a uh, omnibus, get the um, Wild Space Volume One from <laughs> Dark Horse Omnibus. It collects a ton of hard to find Star Wars comics i want to back up real quick on one more thing you were talking about the del rey what's going on with the del rey people a little bit more but what's going on there okay let's uh the del rey people by the way they're very supportive they want to do legends they would love to print a legends novel unfortunately they don't have permission from lucasfilm yeah and what they said is that they would love to do that they would love to give the fans what they want into the fan i mean they're a publisher for crying out loud books will do anything that they can to get people to buy them <laughs> hence you know, J.K. Rowling's not going to write another Harry Potter book because she doesn't need a billion dollars today. <laughs> but they have the official screenplays. Why? Because they know Harry Potter fans will buy it. They're making billions of dollars just based off her franchise. So they already know Legends books were number one bestsellers on the New York Times list every time they came out. Mm-hmm. Delray knows they have a little problem with the new books coming out. They're not selling as well. Uh, Thrawn's book sold really well. I was Timothy Zahn's book sold really well. But besides that... The other ones haven't been hitting as high on the list because fans, you know, they're kind of wishy-washy. They only like different things. But Legends fans were always consistent in buying these books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they need permission from Lucasfilm, and Lucasfilm won't give them that permission for whatever reason right now. 
But if we keep telling them and showing them that there's more of us and there's a bigger fan base, every corporation speaks one word and it has a GW on it or Ben Franklin on it or one <laughs> of our dead presidents. If we if they see money, then they are definitely going to give us more. I already Hasbro's uh, toy line the past two years has given us two expanded universe characters. That's because the fans vote for them. And the only reason the fans did not get another expanded universe character this year, well, that there was some skullduggery on a few of the websites who kicked out all the expanded universe votes. Hmm. But that's the only reason that we didn't get what was going to be a Ben Skywalker action figure from the expanded oh. universe. Mm -hmm. That's what we were going to get this year, but a lot of the fan sites did not want that, and so they kicked it. They, they told everyone, we're not counting any more Ben Skywalker votes, and they eliminated <laughs> him from the polls, and he didn't make the finals. Wow. So, I mean, you know, they had to stop EU fans so they could get the, their own little toy of Yak Face or whoever got picked. I don't know. I didn't pay attention. Was the extension of communication from Delray, was that mostly just to show support, or were they I think I think Delray was doing yeah, something? No, I think Dale Ray was very supportive, but right now, just just to let us know, I mean, I don't know, I wasn't there, but this is what I was told uh, from the people at the booth that they said that Dale Ray was really nice. They'd love to do something. I mean, but it just it hinges on whether they get approval and permission from Lucasfilm to do so. But if it was up to Dale Ray, I truly believe they would make Legends books, and I I kind of wish I was at Celebration so I could talk to the guy. And I, the guys didn't know if they should give out my contact information because they, you know, didn't know if he was out to get me. No one's out to get me. <laughs> but, well, you know, we had this little, yeah. you know, anyway. But I said, no, guys, you totally should have given my contact information. I'd love to talk to him. Wow. You know, I almost feel like writing in, but I'd be one in a million people asking for legends. So, I mean, but the thing is, I think they would want to do it because that would be something that would make the fans happy. It's just something you got to convince Lucasfilm and Disney that it's the right, proper thing to do. Is, and in fact, I think it's more Lucasfilm than Disney because if you remember when Bob Iger, it's on Disney's YouTube channel, when he bought Star Wars, he gave the announcement, we bought Star Wars full of thousands of stories, hundreds of, uh, hundreds of stories. He's talking about the expanded universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to Bob Iger, that was what it was going to be, was the expanded universe was with it. But to uh, Kathleen Kennedy... Nope, it, we're going to redo this. We're going to push George's ideas away. We'll keep the movies and we'll redo is, it all. Is she the one that we would have to get into her into her mind? Yeah. Her I think head? it would be a combination of her. She's more focused on the movies, yeah. but someone up in I don't know who it would be. Maybe the story group. Yeah. Maybe the chief editor. Hmm. Uh, what, who's that? Jennifer Heddle, yeah. I think. But uh, some of those people. Uh, just turn their heads. And, I mean, they should know, but everyone keeps saying, oh, guys, that's above my pay grade. Well, who is it? Tell us who it is that we need to talk to. If it's Kathleen Kennedy, that's fine. Kathleen, if you're watching, because I know you listen to Thunderpop, who shouldn't, <laughs> right? Um, so, Kathleen, she let's let's do lunch. I mean, honestly, if, if they were to ask me, you know, Lucasfilm asked me, hey, Matt, do you want to come run the Legends wing? Oh you know, we're not going to pay you that much, but of, you get yeah. to decide what authors get to do what books and what stories go out. Y done done <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. i'd love to do something like that and i think it'd be good for the fans because again i think and it's not even that all they have to do is for me is make a legends tab on starwars.com yep. focusing and enjoying legends maybe put short stories out there every once in a while i think even that would make fans happy but they won't even do that i'm not asking for movies i'm not asking for tvs from the expanded universe because they're already ripping off the expanded universe for their TVs, for their yep. movies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, it's, it's, and that's not an insult. 
that's truth. You look at every website out there, they're trying to guess what story from the expanded – I've seen – I saw three yeah, what articles. Gonna, yeah, which are they going to grab from next, yeah. Yes, what are they going to grab from? They've already admitted the Han Solo uh, movie is going to grab from A.C. Crispin's books. They've already admitted that. Wow. Yeah. So they're just taking stuff from Legends. But the thing is, though, cherry yeah, guys, mm-hmm. yeah, they're cherry-picking. And here's the deal. When they got rid of Legends, why did they say they were going to get rid of it? To free up our creative imagination. <laughs> why? That's a bunch of crap. Yeah. They don't need any creativity. All the creativity they need is right there on these two bookshelves. Look at the shrine. I mean, that's it. The shrine. Minus the Ewoks. Yeah, they're guarding it. <laughs> hey, man, those Ewoks are feral. Yeah, uh, they haven't been fed their bologna this week, so they're kind of hungry. So. <laughs> the bologna. Did you like Ewoks? Yes, I liked Ewoks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Return you... of the... Hold on. I saw Return of the Jedi three times. You know times some people and... are haters on the Ewoks. Screw them. Reed, <laughs> Reed being one of them over here. I don't think... Reed, like... what? They could not take down that Legion. Impossible. Yes, they could. Okay. All right, Reed. All right, here you go. Read Kevin J. Anderson's mm-hmm. Star Wars Illustrated Universe. They actually explain how the Ewoks were able to best the Stormtroopers. The Stormtroopers didn't know that the Ewoks were that smart because the scout they sent down was so mad that he had to be down an indoor. He didn't do a good report. And so he said the Ewoks are completely harmless. They're mindless automatons. They don't know anything. All right, the Star Wars Illustrated Universe by Kevin J. Anderson this is actually, you know, talking about some of the planets. He actually turns it into a story, and it's actually an EU story. I don't know if you know what Galaxy of Fear is. I th- no, Children's no. books, the yes. Star Wars Goosebumps. Okay, yeah. Professor Hool from the Galaxy of Fear is featured in this book, oh, just to show wow. more continuity. And in this, he explains Kevin J. Anderson, who also hates Ewoks, by the way. <laughs> he hates Ewoks with a passion. And that's sad because he's my favorite author. Uh-huh. But this guy wrote the book and said, okay, the scout that went out there to Endor, he didn't do a good job. So the stormtroopers were not expecting all those traps to be set by Ewoks. Oh. They they didn't even know what was going on. They thought, who are these guys? What are these? These these are not supposed to be dumb little Ewoks. That's why they fell for their traps because they didn't think they were that smart because the report was bad. And the Kevin bad report. says that it was a bad report. They had bad intel. And as you know, if you go in there and you get underestimated, how many times in college football, this, this is a good excuse, <laughs> has it, you've seen the double-A team take out the big wig. Like, mm-hmm. How does that happen? That's because they underestimated their opponent. And that's exactly what the stormtroopers do. And by the way, what happened pretty soon? The stormtroopers got their act together and started killing Ewoks. <laughs> and the only reason it turned around was what? Chewbacca got a two-legged walker and started popping people. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, Chewbacca helped turn the battle there. When you have a two-legged walker on your on uh, ATST yeah. on your side, you're practically screwed if you're the opposition. And so that's how they turned the battle around. But if it hadn't been for that, the Ewoks would have been wiped out. This is awesome to hear this explained by you. Well, <laughs> you know, what? and I love, and uh, I love Warwick Davis. He's great. He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. Been a lot of the uh, a lot of movies. He's got a long list yes. of, of movies he's been a part of. I just got schooled. By Matt Wilkins. You did. You just got. I'm just. <laughs> but just say it. But let me back. <laughs> let's go back to this though. Let's Come at me, bro. Come at me. Come oh. I just kidding. got schooled, man. You just got schooled. schooled. No, but, no, but originally we all know. Originally there were supposed to be Wookies. That was going to be the. Wookie. That was the original idea. That was going to yeah. be the Wookie. Wookie supposed plan. to be Wookies. And yeah. George changed it to for the toys because he thought the Ewoks yes. would be more appealing to a kids and, and merchandise. He was right. And E.T. just now, came out. 
E.T. had yeah. come out a few years before. Mm-hmm. It was huge. They were like, we need little munchkin things. In little this terrorist, movie. little brown terrorist. We need little short munchkin things. That's what kids love. He, wow. he created his space teddy bear, and it sold like wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> so now, we want to ask Matt Wilkins first what your selection was for lost media that you would love to be able to find. Oh, gosh. Lost media I'd love to be able to find. Okay, well, we'll start off with some Star Wars books okay. that were unpublished that I'd love to see. Wow. Um, Star Wars Fairy Tales by John Whitman. He wrote two of them. He's the guy who wrote the Galaxy of Fear series, which I just mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. He was actually hired by Scholastic to write another children's series, but it eventually got cut because they decided to do... I can't remember what they decided to do after that. It may have been Jude Watson's Jedi Apprentice series, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. But he did write the first two books. And uh, I, we just can't find the author. I've been looking for John Whitman everywhere. Uh, John Whitman, I'm sure you listen to this podcast. John Whitman, hit me up. Star Wars Fairy Tales. Uh, Blood Oath by Elaine Cunningham from the New Jedi Order. It was, it was so close to being written that they actually mentioned the adventure in another book. Because oh. the author had read some of the wow. dr- the rough draft and said, okay, this is what's going to happen. Okay, I'm going to put that in my book. So it's it's basically finished, but Elaine Cunningham was having health problems at the time, and she couldn't. She missed her delivery date, wow. and so wow. they passed it up. So Blood Oath is still out there. Mainly it's finished. And then another one <clears throat> written by William C. Dietz, who wrote the Kyle Katarn series for Dark Horse comic books a long time ago. He wrote another uh, Episode 2 novel called Escape from Dagoo, Featuring Shock T, the girl with uh, she mm-hmm. has the red face and the white eyes and the you yeah, know yeah she got stabbed yeah or to the gotcha heart. she got stabbed okay well he wrote a story it's completely finished and it's in his collection and Bill that's right I know him his name is B- I call him Bill Bill told me that he can't give it to me because he would but he has been officially paid by Lucasfilm and so that they officially own the story wow it's just a story that they finished was going to print but then stopped because George Lucas gave them the okay to write a Yoda story, and they wrote a Yoda story real fast and printed that instead. Now, why couldn't they print both? Because Del Rey had a contract that they could only print X amount of books a year. Well, I talked about that when I talked about Dark Rendezvous. So that would be nice to see. um, A Star Wars DVD original trilogy with all of the deleted scenes. What we saw on the Blu-ray was great, but we didn't see all of the deleted scenes. If you get the uh, CD... Uh, it's the software called Behind the Magic. Uh, Lucasfilm Behind the Magic, I think it's what it's called. Um, you will get some never-before-seen Star Wars footage of Luke on Tatooine with his friends, with Cammy and Fixer. And yeah, all somebody put that on YouTube, and I, that's when I saw they're black and white. And you see Han Solo yeah. with his girlfriend. Yes, and all that stuff is there, but yeah. yet George didn't include that in the Blu-ray? What? And there's no telling what else is... All, you know, all uh, deleted scenes out there that I would like to see. I'd also like to see the Ewoks back uh, reprint, maybe do a Blu-ray, maybe do a commentary, because there are also deleted scenes as well. Um, Eric, can't think of his last name, I can't see his name written in over there, but he played Mace Tatwani from the Ewok movies. He's the boy from the Ewok movies. Uh-huh. And he actually, in his autobiography, which is so terrible, don't get it, he should have gotten an author, a- editor, because <laughs> he tried to edit himself, and it's awful. Oh, no. But he shows pictures from his own collection of him filming deleted scenes from the Ewok movies. Wow. wow. And I was like, man, I'd love to see that, too. There's a lot of things I'd love to see. And I'm going to throw this last one in there and let mm-hmm. you guys talk, uh, because you are a Dukes of Hazard fan. Yes. Enos. 
on DVD. <laughs> yes, the Enos TV show, the spinoff that Dukes of Hazzard. Enos what? TV show. My wife would die to have Enos on DVD, and I would too. Um, but That's no hilarious. one, even when you go to these uh, comic cons that have all these, you know, lost and found stuff, uh, Enos is nowhere to be found. And great I cannot show. find it. Great spinoff. It yeah, was I would sp- love to see it because my wife loves Enos too. And Dukes of Hazard fans, one special thing. Do you remember the TV show Alice? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From the 70s. She was a waitress yeah. at a diner. Yeah. Okay. Did you know they did a crossover episode with <gasps> Boss Hog and uh, Enos. Yes, what? I remember this. I remember that. It was a yeah, perfect idea for a crossover episode. There were some great crossover episodes. We'll have to do an episode on that ourselves. Ourselves. Sometime. But there was also there was also a movie on that particular diner, Alice. There was a movie of that. One well, time. it was based off of a movie, roughly. Yeah. Uh, there was a movie that came out. I before, saw the movie too. Yeah. Before Alice. Before that, they turned it. They they went with a TV show. Yes. Yeah. They wow. turned they turned After that movie idea. They turned it into a TV show. Like oh, Ma- like Mash. TV knowledge. Mash two, you know, mm-hmm. was originally a, a movie with a different movie, kit. and then they flipped it to us. So yeah. now you you reminded me when you had a, his Matt has a great video. Uh, he's reviewing a Dukes of Hazard board game. On yeah, his, talk about that on his That's YouTube awesome. channel. I want to get back to Dukes of Hazard. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of lost episodes, lost shows. I mean, I can get I can acquire Dukes of Hazard, so it's not lost. But yeah. I'm talking about just the fact that it's not in syndication anymore. And I know mm. you know. Why it's not in syndication? Now, Ooh. now we did we covered this a little bit uh, about a year ago on the podcast because we were talking about shows that have been pulled off the air for various things, and the two that really stood out were two of the most popular shows from the seventies and eighties. One, the Cosby Show, for the reasons we all know very well know why that's been pulled off. Magic drinks syndication, right? And right. Then, magic drinks, yeah, magic drinks. <laughs> so we know why the Cosby Show has been pulled off syndication. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one, which Cosby Show. One of the biggest, sit- the biggest sitcom of the 1980s. Okay, oh, Dukes of Hazard. People flag. used to high school football games attendance went down because of the Dukes of Hazard during the time the Dukes of Hazard was in its <laughs> peak popularity yes. in the South, where high school football is everything. And you know, living in Louisiana, mm-hmm. we know living in Texas, it's high school football guys down south, and you know this in Texas. Yeah, yeah. High school football is more popular than professional football. There's big money High school in it, football yeah. people like people. T- I know one guy. Yeah. He takes his vacation on Fridays during football season. That's where he takes his two week vacation, yeah. <laughs> so he can see all of the games from his co- high school team. But the one thing and only thing that ever up trumped Friday night football, Friday night lights, was in the late seventies, early eighties during its heyday and its popularity was Dukes of Hazard on Friday night. People, because yep. this was before DVR, we know. Yep. This was before, even a little bit before v- VCRs. It yeah, was. It was. Not it many was, yeah. VCRs were out there in the market either. No. Betamax. Yeah. Only nothing, rich people had that, had that at the time, that type of technology though, that <laughs> you were mentioning. <laughs> people missed their high school football games to watch Dukes of Hazard. It was actually a real thing where people saw a noticeable attendance drop. So now, Dukes of Hazard pulled out of syndication because they had the, the terrible shooting. I think it was in South Carolina, North Carolina, and they had the kid that was using the Confederate flag yeah, as a as a, that did the shooting at the church, and it was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. Yeah. But because yes. of that shooting, it dominoed into the Dukes of Hazard taking a residual hit, and he was pulled out of syndication because right. of the rebel flag on the, the General League. General League. So, I mean, is that what do you? I mean, what do you? What's your take on that? I know you okay. got an opinion on it. Not yeah, I you, do have an. Not that you're a guy with opinions, but. <laughs> 
No. Not that I'm a guy with opinions, and I would never do anything that controversial, you know, <laughs> or say anything that would just tick Whoa! people off. I just, nice! I just wouldn't, but here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Here's the deal. Let's talk about this, because this is a great topic. Okay, the Dukes of Hazard is evil because it has a flag on the top. Let's talk about this. For years, people have been trying to blame violent acts on not just uh, flags, but uh, movies. Remember? Movies are so violent that they're mm-hmm. causing our kids to kill people. Oh, wait. Video games. I meant video games. Yeah, yeah. video R- games. Remember, the, remember when Grand Theft Auto came out? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You could pay a hooker. And you then could, kill yeah. her right after that you and do get anything, your money yeah. back. You could do anything you wanted, yeah. In the game. You could do whatever you wanted. In the, and people went bonkers. What is that? You're getting – it teaches our children to kill. And video games were evil for the longest. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's rap music. Rap music is so bad. There is nothing wrong, folks, with the flag. I mean, I got to be honest. People use it for wrong reasons at times, like that kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously had no idea. And this is the thing. No one understands history. I'm a history major. Mm-hmm. Okay? If, if you think the Civil War was about slavery, you need to go back and read books. Mm-hmm. Okay? It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, and so they have this idea that the General Lee... Because it has a rebel flag on it, that must mean that they want the old days of slavery and they are white power nationalists. When we're talking about one of the most family-friendly, centric, basic, into-earth, don't-judge-anyone-love-everyone, love-your-brother shows that was ever on the airwaves – and I'll be honest, my wife's a huge Dukes of Hazard fan. Same and here. I, I, I love it. It was one of my all-time favorites. I like that. Well, I actually got to talk to John Schneider about this. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah I know well, he's, he's talked publicly about it as well. Yeah. John Schneider uh, is, defends it publicly. He said, guys, it's, it's look at what we're doing. Look at the context that this flag is put in. It is put in a great context. Look at the Sons of Confederate Veterans. They wave the flag. Did, are they racist? No, <laughs> and, but, they're not. And is it overreaction? I mean, do people, the people that would you would think that would object to it, do they even care about that? If that show is in syndication because it was a different during a they different, they don't care at all. In fact, it was an oh, it was a knee jerk overreaction, overreaction by the networks by TV Land to go. Oh yep, my, exactly. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. And the thing is. No, we're so afraid to offend people. We're so afraid to do offensive things. And and the thing is, I, we're 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 living in an age where we have a bunch of snowflakes. Yeah, I hate to say it, but it's snowflakes who just need to toughen up. I don't. People want to take things and twist things into different ways. And you said this. No, you said this. No, but you really meant this. And like I said, in a day and age where we want to label everyone, I don't think we should. I think we should be more. Uh, accepting of one another and realize that when the General Lee has a rebel flag on it, that does not stand for anything racist. No one in that show stood for anything like that. Well, it was and the absolute just, opposite of racist. I mean, it was the well, well, yeah. most family-friendly. Uh, yes, well, yes. I mean, you couldn't think of a, a less racist environment than a Hazard. more wholesome TV wholesome. show. Yeah. You could you could not find, and that's the thing. They're thinking, oh, but because they had the rebel flag, no, no, it doesn't stand for that. 
it stood for that by the the kid in South Carolina. Yes, for him. Yes, it did. that yeah. kid yeah. is an asshole. And yeah. you know what? Uh, the thing he did was totally bad. I do not support that guy. Do not. Uh, that guy doesn't even know what that flag meant. He's yep. using it for the wrong purposes. Yep. And I'd slap the taste out of his mouth if I ever saw him. Uh, he's just a wicked degenerate. Bill Cosby, the same way. But the thing is, though, slap that drink out of your hand before you drink it. For his, he'd slap a drink out of his hand. <laughs> but you know what? The thing with his with his show, though, play his show. Yeah. So what? He's a wicked man, but play his show. His show's still good. Dang, my dad loves his comedy stand-up. Uh, Bill Cosby himself. Mm-hmm. It's a he's a funny comic. He's not a good guy. How many people do we know out there who we we liked, but then something came out personal about him? Yeah, they're not really a good person. Not everyone in Hollywood. I know this is a spoiler alert. Internet. <laughs> not everyone in Hollywood is an angel. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Um, but at the same time, does a show have to suffer because people could could maybe get offended by a flag? I don't know because the only people watching Dukes of Hazard are me and you and my mom, and a, <laughs> well, a bunch of people like us. Well, who yeah, are just enjoying it for a show. No one. But is it was never. Yeah, it was never. The show was never about the flag or the general Lee. The general it was Lee. never about yeah. that. It was never about the flag. It was never but, about it yeah. was never about anything like that. You're but exactly that right. Badass hot rod. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's so that cool. I guess the question was the love is, boat about adultery. Should we let the love yeah. boat go? Maybe we I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe we shouldn't allow the. Maybe we shouldn't have Golden Girls on because it's offensive to elder the elderly. Oh my goodness! And it, B. Dis- Arthur had a boyfriend. It's old dis- people sex. Gross. It's disrespectful to old people. We need to take pull the Golden Girls <laughs> off. That's right. We're treating old, old people that we're now, teaching our kids that old people should be laughed at. No. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We should pull Three's Company off because it's it's uh, saying that having uh, extra girlfriends is okay. Like having, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. Pretend to be gay. Yeah. Or he or pretending to be gay. It's it's offensive to gay people because he pretends to be gay on the show. He's not gay. You know what? That's an interesting point. I wonder if anyone's ever brought that up because. Yeah. John He's, Ritter's character wasn't gay. He was pretend to be. And we were laughing because he was pretend to be gay. And isn't it so funny? Well, isn't that offensive now? Shouldn't that be taken off the air? Yeah, exactly, no, but yet yeah. they steal. Why are they so afraid of a flag? A flag doesn't cause people to do things. People are evil because that is in their soul, not because of a flag. Because that, that flag actually, it, literally that flag was a battle flag. And there were, I know that yes. the uh, Stars and Bars... There's yes. uh, there was like a three version. There was also the blue one with the white star. I forget what they call that one, but there's yeah. also there's like three four different uh, southern flags that yeah, used. There, uh-huh. there were a few flags. One had that emblem in the corner, yep. and it was white. But the thing was, when the wind wasn't blowing, it looked like a, su- it looked like a surrender flag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they had to put a uh, a white uh, tail on the end of it. No red tail. So you, Red tail. Uh, a red tail, excuse yeah. me, a red tail on the end of it, yeah. to, and that was the final version of that flag. So it was only a portion of it, and the battle flag was just plain Jane, which I wish they would have gone with, because yeah. a white flag? I mean, what were you thinking? But That's the problem. That was what you're saying, but the whole, it was a it was a, a violation of the state's rights, and then even the, all those southern states that seceded, they couldn't agree on a flag for yeah. all of them, and that, yeah, that was a problem. It, but now it's ridiculous because people are afraid to make uh, Dukes of Hazard merchandise, which my mm-hmm. wife is just begging for. I mean, she would she when we go to these comic cons, anything that's Dukes of Hazard is probably going to be bought up by us mm-hmm. if it's not bought up by someone else. Mm-hmm. It's just so rare to get, and that's a shame because it's a really great show, really wholesome show. But because there's a flag on a car, we're not going to play it. That's so ridiculous. Well, and they had two reunion movies off of that show. 
mm-hmm. that came out later. One of one of them I remember actually being really good. I don't. I think both of them were entertaining, but I know one that I really enjoyed more than the other. And then they had the the reboot, the rebooted movie, which I didn't support for similar reasons. Oh, why. that was in Louisiana. That was uh, the guys from Super Troopers. Yeah, yeah which I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't even bother seeing that no, because to me know. it wasn't it wasn't EU. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for Dukes of Hazard, my wife hates that movie, and, I'm, oh. and I am I am strictly EU original EU Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> original original Dukes. Of, you know what? My wife would give you an amen on that because she we've been to Duke Fest I think twice. They used to have it here in Louisiana. They're moving it out to Virginia this year, but whoa. Um, and she loves her some John Schneider and, you know, all the actors, actually. She's gotten Daisy's autograph. We got uh, – one thing I'm very proud about, we got James Best the year before he died. Wow. We got his autograph. And he was, was a so painter. Happy. He could buy art off of the internet from his website, James Best he Art. He could buy art right there from his table. Wow. Yeah, he was painting. I even thought one time of bought, buying one just because I thought it was a really cool thing to have a James Best original artwork. Yeah, we wanted to, but we had run out of money by then because my <laughs> had to pay for everyone's autograph. Yeah, uh, Sonny Schroeder, who who plays Enos, asked a lot for his autograph. He must be hurting on money, but my <laughs> wife had to get it because she loves Enos. And it's a shame maybe that maybe that dude has them. Surely that guy videotaped them when they came out. Yeah, I you would think he has them on tape somewhere. Someone has to have them because it it would be a shame if that does not even leak out to the internet. But you can you can find maybe a few bits and pieces on YouTube here and there. But overall, I'd love to see Enos on DVD. I'd well, love to see it. You know, and he's a really good actor because a lot of people probably didn't recognize him or maybe not rem- may not remember this. Forrest Gump. He was the Alabama football coach in Forrest Gump. <laughs> not even recognize him in that movie what? did you did you know this no I no i didn't but that's because i've never seen forrest gump <laughs> oh, okay. well but you got you might go look up that youtube or youtube it to so you wow. can see him and how uh, you know what i have it i have forrest gump actually on my netflix list i'm a, forrest <laughs> gump folks was my movie that i told my parents i was going to go see mm-hmm. when i was really going to go see an r-rated movie like die hard with the vengeance yeah. oh yeah to pretend you've already seen it that's uh... <laughs> My mom thought I had seen that movie 13 times one summer when actually I've never seen it before. I've seen a t- I've watched a ton of R-rated movies that year. Uh, well, you better go see it because she might question you about it one of these days. Well, I, I came I came clean with it a few yeah. years back when I was too old to get spanked. That waited until the right time. So, yeah, I did. So are we ever going to see these back on television? The Cosby Show, Dukes of Hazard. Either one um, of them. You know what? The Do- Cosby Show, I could take or leave because, I, I mean, I was okay fan. But Dukes of Hazard, they better wise up. And I don't know if there's a really – there is a fandom out there, but they're the – what we are – we're the late the – Dukes of Hazard people are just laid back, you know, and they're like, well, I have them on DVD. And that I think that's the consensus. I have mm-hmm. them on DVD. I can watch them whenever I want. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope one station gets the guts and says, you know what? We need to, you know, we we need to go ahead and this is silly. Let's start playing these again. Well, I'm thinking about the lost revenue too for the actors. They don't deserve that. No, they don't. No, they don't. All every single one of these actors are very nice. They are extremely friendly, and uh, I've seen them react not just to me and my wife, but to all the fans there. And they have some of the best attitudes because some of these people. Well, let's just face it. Some people at Con Cons are just dorks, right? I mean, you see them. Yeah, yeah. This is the only time they leave their mama's house to go out and 
do a Comic Con, and they're so happy, and they walk around like this, and they're so happy. You know, I I really like you, John Snyder. Do you remember the time when you said this? <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I feel bad for this guy. He doesn't go out that much. But you know what, John Snyder, the coolest guy, man. He's going, yeah, buddy, yeah, shaking them, you know, get, grabbing their shoulder, you know, re, you know, giving a good shake and whatnot, and just laughing with them. And I'd be, if it was me, I mean, I I'd like to think I'd be a nice superstar, but I'd probably be a jerk. I'd probably sit there and go. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you know, there's a thing called a bath that you, you know, people in the middle, you know, middle ages, they didn't take many of, and but we're not in the middle ages anymore, so you need to take one of those, dude. Or, hey, how about combing your hair? You know, or did you just wake out of bed, roll out of bed is this one Jedi more? Master Wilk is going to the dark side? What is going on I'm here? Ju- I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I... I, now, if I would probably be generous and kind, but at the same time, the, these guys are all super nice. Yeah. You look at uh, Ray Park, who played Darth Maul. I sat in line for He's him at awesome. Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Uh, that movie had come out at the time. It had been 15... Hold on, let me make sure I get that right. No, it had been five years since it had come out. Five or six years. Wow. And every question he got in line was, do you remember when you were Darth Maul? He's, yeah. I was like, well, duh. That's the only thing he's known he's, for. And like, he's extremely what? patient. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and one other person. Yeah, I have Darth Maul this. I have Darth Maul that. I have Darth Maul boxers. I'm wearing my Darth Maul boxers right now. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, get away from me. Here's my mace. <laughs> That's what you get to see from me. <laughs> but I, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be like – but Ray Pars was so kind and so nice to all of them that when I got to him, I said, I just need your autograph. And I said, and I want to say something. I said, I've been sitting here in line. I have seen you sit through at least 25 people in front of me who all said the same thing, asked about a movie you did six years ago. I said, so I'm going to ask you something different. I said, what are you – I said, first off, thank you for treating the fans <laughs> so nice. I said, I've been noticing that. Secondly, wow. what, what are you working on right now? He loved that question. In fact, uh, the next day when he came in, he saw me walk by the booth because I was trying to find out when Billy D. Williams, uh, Lando Carisian, was going to be there. And he said – he looked up and he went, hey, Matt. Oh, my God. I peed myself. <laughs> I don't I told blame you. I was like, I was like, well, uh, uh, hi, r- r- Mr. Ray. Mall, Mr. Mole. <laughs> he said, how's it, how's it going? I said, good. He said, so what'd you do last night? I said, well, I went. he said, come over here. And it, he, he brought <gasps> me behind the booth, held the line up, and set me. I said, was, I was sitting on the other table, and we were talking. He's like, hey, did you go see the blah, blah? I said, no, but I saw, and I told him I, saw, I met this Kung Fu master, who's a real Kung Fu master from Japan, flew over for Kong He's like, you met Sensei so-and-so? He said, do you know? Because Ray Parks is a martial artist. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, he's a real martial artist. And he's a real martial artist. He's and so deal. Ray Parks is schooling me on this. Well, the whole time, my phone is ringing. It's my best friend. He's trying to get a hold of me. Screw, Screw him. <laughs> I'm talking to Ray friggin' Parks here. Wow. And what my friend was calling me about he ran into Rob Zombie. Holy crap. Rob Zombie gave him tickets to come see uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The preview with him. <gasps> like they, It was a Rob Zombie wow. gimmick. He, he, he walked around Comic-Con and handed out tickets to people who you know, found him. And you were, were going to come into a big stretch limo. He was going to take you all to his premiere, 50 fans. Holy crap. And they were going to come watch the premiere of, I think it was, no, it was The Devil's Rejects. What's the sequel to Devil's Rejects? Mm, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, maybe that was the sequel to House of a Thousand Courses. It was Devil's Rejects. You were going to come see the premiere with him. You are going to walk the red carpet with Rob Zombie. It was, a, it was a you know stunt, yeah, a publicity yeah. stunt. 
But my buddy's like, dude, get over here. I've got tickets from Rob Zombie. And I, I wasn't paying attention because I was talking to Ray friggin' Parks for like 10, 15 minutes. He's like, okay. I said, well, I'll let you get back to signing. He went, okay, cool. He said, well, look, uh, stop by later if you if you don't have anything to do. I was like, yeah, I'll just call you. <laughs> I mean, I've... I probably looked like one of those creepy nerds then. I was so geeked out. Wow, that's so awesome. You started but those, to... but those type of people in the in the Dukes of Hazard people are just really down to earth. And and yeah. I agree with you, Stephen. I agree. I think that's just so sad that they're not getting residuals from this because they had nothing to do with this. And to be honest, there's nothing wrong with a friggin' flag. Mm-hmm. A flag yeah. doesn't make people evil. Yeah. People make people evil. Their own hearts. Go well, ahead. I'm sorry. Off the soapbox. <laughs> well, and, and one more thing on that, on the Deuce of Hazard. They did a commercial. I think it came out a couple of years ago. It was for maybe it was an insurance, uh, car insurance commercial. I don't know if you ever saw it with uh, John Steiner and Tom Wopat. And they were I in love a, that commercial. You know the They're one I'm talking about? Yeah! Just a good old boy. We still got it, cousin. Uh, we still got it. Uh, I'm not so sure about our old friend here, though. Police cars just a lot faster than they used to be. That is why I am on Auto Trader. Oh, look out! They never show the roof. Even with those commercials, I remember hearing John Snyder said, yeah, we were supposed to do like a series of those commercials. We were going to do like three three of those, and they got pulled before we filmed them because of the controversy. And I'm like, it's not even in the commercial at that point. It's just a fucking flag. At that point, at that point the, the flag was pulled. They don't even show the flag in the commercial. And they still, it still wouldn't be allowed. They still weren't allowed to show it. So ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous. And it was like you said, it was a fun commercial. It was a really cool. See that that job. kind of brings that brings another point up too about the whole um, tearing down the Confederate, uh, uh, you know, monuments and stuff in New Orleans. Yeah, like why yes, why are you doing that? Start on that. Oh His, man, man, you, you can't you, you cannot ignore history because you're going to repeat it again. You can't there's ignore such it. a disrespect yeah. for history these yep, days. Exactly, and it angers me as a history major. It really angers me that there's such a disrespect for history. Oh, because those are the bad guys. No, actually, they lost, and the winners rewrote history. They really need to read up on what's been going on and read the truth of that. So I think it's just one of the things that um, people need to educate themselves more. And uh, there's a lot of people who are upset about that. But they're tearing, you're yeah. tearing down history because it maybe could have kind of almost be offensive. That's horseshit. There's a, yeah. there, we have a Robert E. Lee school here. And they're going to change the name. Uh, they may, but you know what? It's been it's historically been there since the almost since the town started. Wow. Will they actually do that? Yeah. Well, we had someone. We, the West Monroe team was called the Rebels. Mm. And so we flew the Rebel flag, but now they're asking people not to. Thankfully, oh most people God. in West Monroe fly two big Dixie waving flags <laughs> on the side of their truck when they pull in. They're not allowed in the stadium with the flags, but they definitely have it all over themselves and bless them for it, too, because you shouldn't back down and let people bully you and telling you assemble something that it's not. Are, I dropped this bike, but it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Or you got to put a mattress down on the floor before you do it. <laughs> go ahead. Go, go pull one from the bedroom. Yeah. So, Matt, we want to thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. When we come back, me and Reed are going to present our selections of our choices for lost media lost guys media. thanks so much it's been fun thank happy, you sir it. happy may 4th jedi master wilkins it's good to see you again sir uh, good to be seen <laughs> thanks again matt all right
was great to hear from Matt again. It's great uh-huh. to talk to him. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about our selections for lost media. <laughs> okay. Mine is actually a TV show. I, I decided to go with a show, but it does have a Star Wars tie-in. We're talking, you know, it's May. By the time you hear this, May fourth, May the fourth be with you will have been passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're recording on May fourth, mm-hmm. so I thought, you know, this has got kind of a Star Wars tie-in. It's a show that has an actor, one of the principal actors from the Star Wars movies in it. It's called the Texas Wheelers. It was a TV show from 1974. What? Okay. Now I learned about this show recently, and actually I've become obsessed with it since I since I heard about it. It was a TV series. It was a TV comedy on ABC in 1974. It's rated four out of five stars on IMDb. Wow! The show didn't even last an entire. It didn't even last a full season. Uh, this is one of the reviews about it. The Texas Wheelers. This was a very quiet comedy about a family where the two younger siblings are being raised by the older brother. Their near-do-well father, having deserted years ago, suddenly the ever-loving daddy returns after a bit of resistance to having him back. The family reunites in this quiet, warm comedy. Great views and rock-bottom ratings, which is not a good combination. This show Mm. starred Mark Hamill and Gary Busey. What? Playing siblings. They look kind of similar, too. Yeah, and it was set in Texas, in a small Texas town. Dude, that would be one question to ask Mark Hamill. Now, this show was produced by MTM, Mary Tyler Moore Productions. <gasps> and Mary Tyler Moore Productions in the 70s yeah. didn't have very many misses when it came to comedy. No. And even the shows that didn't make it, if it had them involved in it, it was probably still a pretty good show. Mary Tyler Moore, wow. Mary Tyler Moore was like gold in the 70s for television sitcoms. So, this show... Gary Busey, Mark Hamill, pre-Star Wars A New Hope. This would have been three years before Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. In 1977. Yeah. So he, he, uh, he hadn't done that much before he became uh, Luke Skywalker. No. Now, he did have one more thing after wow. this that was significant. Mm-hmm. He was in the original pilot for Eight is Enough. He played the original. He was going to be the, uh, the, middle, the middle son uh, that ended up going to a different actor. But that one, he actually had to negotiate his way out of it because mm-hmm. of Star Wars becoming such a big hit before the show. Because the show got picked up, yeah. and then Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. So Mark Hamill was like, well, now the Star Wars is, is a huge hit. Yeah. I don't want to do 8 is Enough. Because this was a different time. And, you know, back then, if you had already made it in movies, you didn't want to go back and do television. No. Yeah, back then it was, it was the other way around. Now people want to come back to shows. Because, people come back to shows now right, and do shows. All, shit. And there's crossing over. you got Jamie Foxx. I talked yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. He's, doing, he's going to do a game show for Foxx. Wow. You know, yeah, a, a like game, what the hell is that about? A game show. And yeah. so you got Jamie Foxx, who's a movie star, Oscar-nominated, doing a game show. That would not have happened in the 1970s. Mm-mm. No, yeah. there's, so many, there's so many crisscrossing now. It's really, but there's a it's lot really of crisscrossing. Good. Guys yeah. doing TV shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you had Alec Baldwin doing a TV show, then going back and doing some movies and yeah. vice versa. So it's not looked down upon like it used to be, mm-hmm. where if you were in movies and you went to do television, you, must, you, yeah, you, you, you were sinking. You were sinking, yeah. You were a sinking ship. You got demoted. You got demoted. But now it's kind of like, cool, as long as you do a good, it's good. If it's good, if it's quality, mm-hmm. people don't seem to like look at it as being a problem for you to go back and forth. So, But then at the time, Mark Hamill's still uh, upcoming and getting his career mm-hmm. off the ground. And he does this, this TV show, this TV comedy, wow. 
with uh, Jack Elam also playing the dad. And Jack Elam, now Jack Elam, you'll recognize him because he's been in a ton of movies. He's a character actor. He usually plays a heavy or a villain. He's got a really fucked up face. This was filmed here in Texas? I don't think it was located. Oh, this guy. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played their dad. What? <laughs> God damn. Yeah, Jack That's Elam. That's fucking hilarious. So, so Jack, Arr, I'm your dad. Now, Jack Elam, uh, just to get an idea of his resume and some of the things, there's the younger Jack Elam. Jesus, but he he looks a, better as an old man. Yeah, but he's a real interesting character. I mean, yeah. his, his, uh, his acting career, he was in Bonanza, The Rifleman. Gunsmoke. He was in yes, all the westerns. He did mm-hmm. Zorro, the Lone Ranger. So he was always like the probably like a creepy villain. Yeah. In a lot of these movies, because he was a good character actor. Uh, he's worked. Uh, he worked with Charles Bronson. He did a lot of the spaghetti westerns. Um, yeah, spaghetti westerns is where I recognize him from. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in a slew of those. Cannonball wow. Run Two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the seventies. Uh, if you wanted like a really yeah, uh, he was the one that was smelling his finger in, in Cannibal. <laughs> he was very funny. He was really funny. He had a really funny. Party. He kept smelling his middle finger. Yes. My mom asked me why does he keep smelling his finger. I go, Mom, really? You don't know why? Because he's putting his finger in his ass and he's fucking smelling. That's what he was doing. I had to explain it to her because he keeps because uh, I don't know if he's putting his finger in his own ass or somebody else's ass, but he keeps sniffing it. But he's sniffing it. That's weird. My so, mom didn't know what that. You meant. know what he's doing. And I think he was fucking. He was sticking his finger up his ass, and he, he was smell fucking smelling. Does, does he ever taste it? <laughs> no. <laughs> and my mom didn't know why. It's like, why does he keep smelling his finger? Oh, mom. So, you know, Matt was talking about, <laughs> about Enos, the TV show yeah. Enos, which was yeah. a spinoff of Dukes of Hazard that you cannot find. This show, wow. well-reviewed, mm-hmm. highly reviewed. So you're saying that there's there's footage, but it's it's lost. You can't get well. I think that the show is probably somewhere in storage. Like wow. there's the the film. Well, if it's in film, man, the thing about film, it only lasts for a good 20, 30 years, maybe maybe longer if you keep it in the right environment. Hundreds of years. Actually. I mean, it was just again. This is nineteen seventy four, so this is yeah. before VCR. Yep. This is before DVR. This is people weren't recording this stuff. There was no streaming platforms for oh it to go. God, for so it to go. It to aired, streaming. and you never see it again. And you may never see it again. Now I was able on YouTube. To find a the opening credits, <gasps> no so somebody did have the opening credits. There's one really bad. Excuse the audio. So, so the show set in Texas. Uh, here's the opening credits. Things were looking bad. Seemed like total silence was the only friend I had. Volvo's meal tried to stare me down, and one. It was 12 o'clock before I realized I was... Now, this opening credits, mm-hmm. I think they at least filmed it. Because back then in the 70s, when they would do these shows, most of them were filmed. Oh, the intros were always filmed. Yeah, The yeah, intros yeah. would be filmed on location. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. like, if the show was set in New York or set in Chicago, they'd go film the opening credits. Yeah. But most of the time, the show's filmed in a soundstage in L.A. Because mm-hmm. it was a sitcom. It was a three-camera situation oh, comedy. So, that okay. that situation, you know, was set in a, was filmed in a studio in L.A. Mm-hmm. In Hollywood. No fun. There's Gary Busey. Ah, Young Gary Busey. Jesus, I, can't, I can't have the key yeah. to escape reality. And you may So Mark see. Hamill finally. So he's a third name at, uh, mentioned. Yeah. He's number three. He actually looked normal back then, Gary Busey. A little he bit, does a little bit yeah. normal. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Before the motorcycle accident. That's, that's where he got loopy. Was it before the, he went apeshit. No, no helmet. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He got in a motorcycle accident with no helmet. That's why. With an illegal smile. Set in Lamont, Lamont, Texas. Texas. Lamont, Texas. Yeah. So the make-believe town. 
Texas Wheelers. Texas Wheelers. So that's the Wheelers their last name? I believe that's the last name. In fact, here I'll pull up. The family's last name was Wheelers? Yeah, there's a picture of them, yeah. The Texas Wheelers. Yeah, there's Mark Hamill there, the young Mark Hamill, the young Gary Busey, and then there's Jack Elam. So the Texas Wheelers is an American sitcom that aired in 1974, and it crossed over into 1975. The series was produced by MTM Enterprises. Uh, is about the cantankerous but lovable Zach Wheeler, a long-lost father who returned to raise his children, Truckee and Doobie, <laughs> and, and Boo, and TJ, uh, in a rural Texas after their mother died. The show was not successful due to being broadcast against the second half of NBC's top 20 hit, The Rockford Files. Oh, that was, man. That was what killed it. It was going up against a juggernaut, because that, yeah. that show was a juggernaut in the 1970s. Uh, Shit, so I remember was, that show when I was a kid. It was canceled after four episodes in the fall of 74. It didn't get very far. And additional four episodes were, were aired in the June and July of 75, but the, sh- the show is notable as one of the MTN's few flops. Mm. Um, and for the well-known actors in its cast, including Jack Elam and Zach, and Gary Busey as Truckee, Mark Hamill as Doobie, Tony Becker as TJ, Lisa Eilbacher as uh, the Wheeler's uh, friend Sally, and then the theme, the theme song... For the show was a legal smile by John Prine. A good song. It was a good, mm-hmm. it was a good, good, good thing. So that song, that was the thing that probably really killed it. Was it was going up against a, a juggernaut of a show, yeah, yeah. The, the Rockford Files. So shame on you, ABC. But can you imagine if this show had taken off and been a hit? If it had gotten a better time slot and it had taken off and been a hit, can you imagine how that would have changed the course of movie history? It, Mark Hamill wouldn't have been Luke Skywalker. He wouldn't have been Luke Skywalker. He would have been uh, this this uh, what's his name uh, the character's name he played he was Wheeler. uh he was one of the wheelers he was bucky uh he would have been doobie he would have been doobie. known as doobie for the rest of his for life the rest of his life instead of luke skywalker now i don't think financially it would have worked out as well for him no to, no. to have been because you know uh, sitcom stars in the 70s mm-hmm. the residuals later not yeah. as good the contracts he might have still became became a joker he might have done. He then I think he could have continued yeah. on. He's talented. He would have could maybe, but it would have just mm-hmm. taken his life and in, in, in the direction he would have oh, yeah. went in a completely different direction. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be uh, Luke Skywalker. He probably wouldn't. Wow. No, he wouldn't have been Luke Skywalker. So and Gary Busey, you know, just a, not too long after this, he was Buddy Holly in the Buddy Holly story, oh, and he yeah. got a lot of critical acclaim for that. And he went on to do movies and became kind of successful in movies in the. I don't 80s. think his path would have changed anyway. No. You don't think his path would have changed? No, this show, yeah. this show would have kept on, and I think he still would have done those things, probably. Yeah, I mean, well, there's some sitcom stars they did go on and do movies. Look at Woody Harrelson; he's had a tremendous. Of course, mm-hmm. he was he was later when it was a little bit easier to kind of transition. Yeah, Cheers. Yeah, from so he transitioned out of Cheers and went into movies. Ted Danson did some movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but nowadays, like we were saying, it's easy to go back and forth. People do yeah. do movies, and we're actually we're going to have an agree or disagree question that is about similar similar issue. Hmm. With uh, people on television crossing over into movies. All right, so there is my submission: the Texas Wheelers. It's a lost. It's not only a lost episode; it's a lost series. Like the episodes, the eight episodes of that show. I would love to watch those. I'd love to see that because hmm. it's a little for Star Wars fans. It's a little interesting because it's yeah. It's, Mark Hamill. He he wouldn't have been Mark. He wouldn't have been loose if he had gotten this role. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have happened. It's time for the Jedi. Now, Mark Hamill also, we were talking about Bill Cosby uh-huh. and the Cosby Show. Mark Hamill also was a guest on a, uh, there, see, the original 
Cosby Show mm-hmm. was called the Bill Cosby Show. Before the Cosby Show, yeah, they did yeah. the Bill Cosby mm-hmm. Show where he played like a PE coach at a school. What? Wait, yeah. Oh, I'm confused. Okay. And yeah, and so Mark Hamill. And this was in the seventies. He was on that, on that show. So Mark Hamill was on was on that show at least on one episode. So it's like after Empire and Jedi. No, no, this is before. This is like the nineteen seventies. Bill Cosby. What? Yeah, here's a here's a look at a little clip at it. So he was really young. This was like probably, if not his first acting job, mm-hmm. it might have been like one of his first acting jobs. Here it is. He was really young. Garden Club. Now that's gotta be thrilling. Oh yeah. What's wow. that? Our weekly newspaper. One of the next issue. Mm-hmm. Original poetry. Oh. Uh, <laughs> old Lady Richard wants poetry. You got some for me? Oh man. Man, they wore some crazy stuff in the '70s, didn't they? Those bell bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> With these. Roses are red. Violets are yeah. blue. Sugar's sweet. So are you. Hey, that's, right. that's from had your fun. Why don't you just cool it? Magnum P.I. Oh, the actor from Magnum P.I. No, that's not him. That's not it's him. not him? Oh, he thought it was T.C. I thought it was T.C. The helicopter guy. Hey, let's leave him alone. Listen, you guys, I'm warning you. Hey, you oh, warning us now. Come on, hey, Don't make me get my lightsaber out. No, that's just going to happen. I just want to see one, man. You just want to see one, man. Oh! Hey, wait a minute. Bill Cosby. It's Bill Cosby. All right. Stop it! I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all a drink. I'm gonna give you all a drink, and y'all gonna pass. And I want to rape you. Full <laughs> discussion. All right. Thank you, folks. Let's go. That's it. So Mark Hamill was the aggressor. So there's Mark Hamill in a, playing a school no, kid there, his, and, a, and he was really young there. Because this early is this is even before Texas Wheeler. This is more like 1971, maybe 72. Yeah, so he was. So he had been like doing kind of bit roles and TV shows huh. well before he went on to Star Wars. See, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't. I knew he had some stuff, but I didn't know it was this. Yeah, of course. Now you know. So he really he was working for a while before mm-hmm. Star Wars, like pounding pound yeah. the pavement out there. He wasn't just like some guy that just got lucky on his first audition and got I never Star be- Wars. I never believed that when when uh, Lucas said that. I got these you know people that never acted like bullshit. They've they been, always do that. They always what? say. They that. always say that. Like, I have virgin that, actors. that someone. And I think that does it. I think that does a disservice to people that are trying to start off. Yes, like the break into business, break into the business, and they're just starting out. They think makes them think it's easy that they could just turn around and get a break. Mm -hmm. Now people do get lucky. Yeah, shit does happen, but most of the time, no, no. And that, and then when they when Hollywood likes to do this big PR thing and make it think it's make you think it's magic. That you can become, that you look at what this person, they, they were an overnight hit. Like, they love to say that, that this person was an overnight hit. Especially when actors say something like, some, some stupid like, well, my, you know, I really didn't want to be an actor. I wanted to be an astronaut. And you're like, whatever. You fucking, oh, they all do that. Liar, they fucking liar. They all do that. Uh, without my real job, I didn't really want to be an actor. Shut that fuck up. No, you, you fucking lying. Yeah, well, I mean, they, it's that, and then they, they they got discovered at a like eating a hamburger at Wendy's, yeah, and then so oh, I'm gonna make Poor you, I want to put you in a motion picture. I mean, it's just it does a disservice to people yeah. that are that are naive, yeah, and they're starting out because if that doesn't happen to them, they go crazy. They go crazy, and they're like, why is it not happening to me? Why am I not getting like discovered and get put in a TV show after only six months? I saw I was at the. Uh, South the, by Southwest one time, and some yeah. girl was saying that, how come I'm not being picked? And when I, she was complaining and complaining, mm-hmm. 
And I was like, hmm, okay. I was in the back, middle of like a, a uh, what was a um, Q&A. Mm-hmm. It was a small room. And after it was all over, she turned around and I saw her face. She didn't have any fucking teeth. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she looked like a fucking crackhead. Did you want to try to tell her the truth and be honest I was with like, her? no, I, I, got, said, I, got, I, gotta go, I gotta go take a shit. Well, was she, <laughs> was she, was she uh, attractive besides no. the teeth? If she had teeth, would she have been? No, she looked like a fucking crackhead. Well, here's the thing. She here's had, the thing. She was missing teeth, and I was what? like, that's why, bitch, because you had no teeth. What do they always tell you in acting classes? Brush your teeth. No, well, that, too. <laughs> That, they tell you that in any class, I would hope. But here's the thing. It's health class, especially. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, do people, like, people, they always say this in acting class. They say, know who you are. Know what you are. Yes. Like, like know, what roles can I play? Know yourself. Yeah. yeah. And what roles you apply for. I'm going to be a, 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 I guess, a bad guy, a, 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 a drug dealer, or some, some fucking rapist. <laughs> so yeah. So as long play. as you, as long as you're aware of that, if you're then, cool with that, that's what you're going to play the rest of your life. And fucking there's plenty life. of roles for those. <laughs> so the girl with no teeth, there's roles for her. The crackhead. But she has to know that she's not going to be going over and trying to mm. audition for the leading lady in a romantic. Unless it was a leading comedy. leading crack crack hole lady. But there's plenty of roles for the crack lady. Yes, there is. And there's plenty of roles for you being the heavy or the rapist or the or the or the thief or the the whatever scumbag of the week they need for some show. I mean, there's why, why of, can't I just be myself? You man. can specialize in that, and you can make. Look at Jack Elam. We just showed him. That's a creepy looking guy, but that guy worked for years. Comedy definitely fits in the comedy. He's great for comedy, but he also played some bad guys in westerns. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was good for that. His finger. A creepy. So, so there you were. There anyway, Mark Hamill, Gary oh. Busey, Jack Elam, tech, the Texas Wheelers, a sitcom from oh. ABC that just didn't happen for it, but it was a it crossed over into 1975 and it had eight episodes. That is my lost media. That I would love to find is that series. Uh, someone here said this should be on DVD. This was one of the best TV comedies ever. So who are these people writing this? Where are they getting these? This well, dialogue? these are really old people that remember the show. Oh my god! That watched it and they liked it so much they wanted to write a review about it. Whoa! There's a small whisper on the internet of people calling for this show to be brought out on DVD. Wow. There's a little bit of a oh here, uh, but if you didn't happen to be viewing in the mid '70s or if you blink twice. You missed you the missed chance it. to see it. Jack yeah. e- Jack Elam is one of the best, one of the greatest character actors of all time. Exactly, it's mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it was, uh, he had, uh, of course, Gary Busey pre Buddy Holly, which I mentioned. And they said that the actors had tremendous chemistry on the show, and it was a neglected show that could have become a television classic if it had been given a chance it from was, viewers. It was too, probably too smart. But anyway, I, I. Man, that's sad. That uh, I can't imagine it being smart though, because it was about rednecks in Texas. Though I think they just <laughs> well, meant, I think smart they just meant, rednecks. I think they just meant the comedy was really clever. That's what like, I think. Like it was really, really good comedy. So anyway, there it is. Ain't that smart? I, I'm on a mission, like you are, for the comic books, the Star yeah. Wars comic books. I'm, I would love to find this show. These missions will never end. All right, now Reed will take his shot, his take his turn for his selection for his choice for lost media. What do you think? <laughs> what's your what's your choice for lost uh, media uh, lost childhood how about that what <laughs> you lost your ch- i had no childhood man 
You know where I've been. You know where I'm from. Wait a minute. This is not Feed the Read yet. Oh, my bad. Sorry. <clears throat> is that really your is that really your submit for Lost Media? No, I don't have any. <laughs> well, as far as like Lost Media, I would say you know old comics that I had. I started collecting comics when I was really young. Mm-hmm. But what really irritates me is that no one showed me the way how to take care of a comic. Yeah. And so I have I have like like about a good like maybe three foot stack of comics that I have of GI Joe, Star Wars from the, from the original stuff, their old stuff that I still have, but they're ruined. The covers are ruined, you know. And I, no one showed me how to protect those. Because you acquired them before you knew how to protect them. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's for me that's lost media there that I lost that those original comics I could have had. You know. Does it take some of the fun out? I mean, when I, I collected Star Wars action figures mm-hmm. as a kid, and yeah, I me did, too. I didn't know about keeping them in the package was going to make them. That's horseshit. Those are toys. You got to play with toys. I mean, I took them out. We played with them. We yeah. had our. Own, we came up with our own stories, and we, yeah. we played with them, and we we acted out. The that stories. was that, that's fan. But I mean, can you really enjoy it thoroughly? when you have to keep it in plastic no 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 when it comes to when it comes to toys they should not be kept in plastic i think the only thing that should be kept in plastic and, and, and boards or, or comic books mm-hmm. but you got to treat them right you know but as far as when it comes to like like toys no 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 that stuff should be played with it should be handled should get dirty whatever you know those are toys man mm. so there it is the the comic books from reed's childhood is his Scar, it's still scars. He would love to, to reacquire those and be able to take care of them from the get go. I've replaced. I've really replaced a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, You've swapped some out with some new ones. From new ones, and mm-hmm. it, but that, you know that was the cool thing about it. when I saw. Uh, I think it was episode thirty-one, mm-hmm. where it's Luke Skywalker and a Tie Fighter. I think mm-hmm. I forgot which one it is, but he, they basically caught some Tie Fighters and they pretended to be a Tie Fighters and they went to go take out some Imperial bases. Mm-hmm. The cover of it's a goddamn gorgeous fucking cover, right? And when I got the, the the replacement for it, I looked at that thing, and that thing took me back when I was a kid reading that comic. When I was in, it does up. those things take it us does. back. And I was like, "Fuck, here's a replacement for the." And I have one just like this to when I got one as a kid, mm-hmm. and here it is a replacement. And this is in fucking like fine mint condition. Mm. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" So that that really it really made me happy to find that one. Yeah. There you go. There's our. Me, Matt, and Reed are ch- selections for lost media, things that we'd like to be able to reacquire yeah. in some form or fashion. It's respect for the arts. It's, it's the, the art is beautiful. And to me, comic books are just one form of art that is incredibly gorgeous. This is, you know, stories and art. I had no idea we had the best pilot in the resistance on board. Comfortable? Not really. I'm impressed. No one has been able to get out of you. What you did. You might want to rethink your technique. Shit is getting real. Oh yes, things getting serious. Dude, did you hear what I said? The shit just got real. Now it is time for that segment that we call Yes Indeed. Feed the Read. A little bit of a story you had about when you were working on the movie, it's called Man of the House with Tommy Lee Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now Tommy Lee Jones, I know at one point lived in San Antonio. 
I think he has a ranch out there somewhere. Yeah, and I don't know if he's still there. Mm-hmm. But you was this one of the films you worked on as an extra? Yeah, there was like ten films I had worked on, and, and that was one of them. I think they had a code name for it, but it eventually came out as Man of the House. Yeah, and so this film, a comedy, filmed in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, in the early two thousands, correct? Or probably yeah. like mid two thousands, around two thousand four. No, yeah, two thousand. Yes, exactly, two thousand four. Kind of there. Yeah. So the Man of the House, you can find it on DVD. It's mm-hmm. probably on some streaming platforms. Tommy Lee Jones being one of the lead actors in it. Yeah. Reed worked on this film, and you had a kind of a story <laughs> I heard about well, about Tommy Lee Jones. I, I was an extra, and also my car was an extra. Yeah, so you got paid a little extra to use yeah. because you used your car. My, my car... Is this the same car you drive now? That was, no, no, no. Was I, it, was I had a, a car cop, before that. Yeah, I had a cop car before that. Oh, yes. So Reed used to have one of these these, these uh, police cars that you could that go... Thing, that thing had its own resume. I, that thing was on three films. It was on three films. Yeah. Now, because of you having a police car, yeah. you'd get called a lot because people would yeah. want a car like that in a film. In the background. In the background. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. Now, you could get, used to be able to go, I know, get these used police cars at like car auctions. Yeah. Is that how you acquired yours? Yeah. It was a taxi. It was actually, it was actually a Houston PD police mm-hmm. car. And yeah. then somewhere here in Austin bought it a taxi cab and they changed the color. And then I bought it for a thousand bucks. From the taxi. So you, mm-hmm. it was a good car for you for a little while, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. You drove yeah. it for a little it was while. It a badass car. So that car, you. Working on Man of the House. Man of the House, yeah. And there was... The, the vampire film that was, that was also that was in. Mm-hmm. It was a... What other movie? There's another movie that was in, involved in also. And uh, there's at least three films that, that my film was... Oh, yeah, four. No, four. Mm-hmm. There, I forget the names of them, but there's at least three or four films that, that my car was in. But you have a good good story now about Tommy yeah, Lee Jones. Yeah, so that that was cool because in the, in the movie Man of the House, Tommy Lee Jones plays that you know coach, whatever, pretending he's really an agent, whatever, some baloney like that. And there's a scene where they're chasing down uh, the bad guy who gets to the border. And they, and they use Kenny Falls. Mm-hmm. So that's not too far from here, right? So they yeah. use that place there as, as the border, right? The real grand. And my car was being used mm-hmm. as background uh, you know, cars, basically. Yeah. And so we had to go to camp, basically. And we go to camp, and there was this area not too far from there, a big open area. And that's what they're using for base camp. That's where we park our cars. We, we check in. We get our foods. And we go out and drive the car around and come back in again. And so one morning, I got there around like 7 in the morning, around 8. And I realized there's a car in front of me. There's a big old Suburban. And it stops. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll stop too. I stopped. And then all of a sudden, Tommy Lee Jones is coming out of the... Well, I mean, even before he gets out of the car, you see a big Suburban pull up. It's a black, like a black Suburban? No, no, it's just like an ordinary Suburban. I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought but maybe that it was another... That's going to get your attention. You see this big Suburban pulling up, no matter what. No, not, not really. It didn't really get my attention because I thought it was another vehicle. Okay. Like 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 mine. It wasn't or... like Windows 10 in black, no. like limo pull up. It was just okay. normal okay. normal Bronco, like mm-hmm. a Suburban, big Suburban. And then all of a sudden, the passenger opens up. I'm a, I'm a good, like, you know, maybe 10 feet from it because mm-hmm. I stopped and I didn't want to get into an accident or anything, right? Mm-hmm. So the person gets out. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking Tom Lee Jones. He's right in front of me. Now, at this point, is he a little closer? Is he at least close enough to where, like, you want to reach over and give him a hand job? <laughs> no. Okay. Which by the way, which by the way, without his permission, would still have been sexual assault. So I'm not I'm not endorsing that you should just reach over and give Tommy Lee Jones a hand job. But I'm saying basically, if he was cool with it, would you have been close enough to do it? No, I was not okay. close enough okay. to even do that. Okay. If I had considered doing that, yeah. So I'm just he's kind, of, he's kind of an old dude, so he probably would need some Viagra anyway. Why does that? Why would that even come up? So anyway, so I'm parked behind but, the field. But maybe your touch would have been maybe but maybe your touch your magic touch would have been enough without him taking Viagra. But anyway, back back to the story. So there I mean, I'm, I'm behind the vehicle. Yeah. I see a person get out of the passenger side. 
He comes around the back. Mm-hmm. Now he's in front of me. Now he's between the two vehicles. Now he's coughing. He's coughing. He's coughing. That is self <laughs> It's probably It's probably pretty funny. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Because I'm imagining that in my mind. And that's pretty funny. Tommy Lee Jones, like, just <laughs> uncontrollable cough. He's uncontrollable cough. Yeah. And his fucking big fucking booger about the size of my, my fist. <laughs> and read, read, decent sized hands. Not. <laughs> Not he was coughing just like that. Not Donald Trump size hands. No, like Reed's it. got a substantial fist. Yeah. So, so he, <laughs> if you think about a, a, a booger, a, a, was it full on booger or was it kind of snot? Full booger? full on phlegm green booger. Yeah, green phlegm <laughs> booger. So he's about he's the size cough- of Reed's fist is pretty big. So he's he's fucking coughing and coughing mm-hmm. and he fucking th- spits his big fucking booger out. Right. Yeah. I'm going. Oh my god. <laughs> there I am with the car like. Tommy Lee Jones has spit up this giant fucking booger in front of me. He's like, wow, this is this is like a one in a million fucking encounter. You know, you could have ran over if you had had a mason jar and scooped it up. I know, it, I should have done that. It up I should have scooped it up. And eBayed that thing. Flim oh, and boogers of Tommy Lee Jones. So as soon as he did that, he looks, he scours. He turns his head like in, like a like a monster. And he scours and he looks at me. It almost looked like you were in a Men in Black movie, like yeah. he's, like he's being taken over by like an alien. And then I saw him reach into his jacket, uh-huh. and then he pulled the pin out. Yeah, and then he, and he took, and then I closed my eyes. Yes, and then and the flash, but well, the flash didn't get me. I closed my eyes. Yes, and I go, I just pretend like I didn't see him. Yeah, and then he put it back. In. But your <laughs> memory, he thought your memory was he wiped. He thought he was wiping my memory, but he didn't get it. He didn't get it. And then he got back up. He looked and he scoured at me. He flashes the thing. And I closed my eyes so he didn't get me. And then he walks away. And you I was know, like, wow, look at that. that and was, this. That really happened. That was a moment between you and Tom Lee Jones and only a, you and Tom Lee Jones. You, only, had, a, you had a moment. I, yeah, it was just me and him in the universe right there. Okay, so here's the thing. You think about if this had been now, like a little bit now, like around this time that this had happened. <laughs> You would have been able because you had your camera phone. Yeah, you could have immediately gone to Facebook Live. Yes, and you would have had that would have gone millions of viewers. It would have been so, viral, oh, yeah. viral. Or yeah. even if you got a little video clip of it and loaded it up on Facebook, then like right afterwards, if I got a picture of him like actually it coming out of his mouth like spitting in this yeah. green this green monster, you could have that, that, oh yeah. you could have made that into a meme. You could have yeah. slowed did it in slow motion. Yeah, and was, put that's... some put some music to it. Yeah. And then him flashing me with the fucking flash. And oh, close my eyes. And... Viral. Viral yeah, moment, totally. but that really happened. That yeah. really—it's it, not—it's a true story. That really fucking happened. Were you were you kind of more imp- like well, that's cool, or were you kind of grossed out at the same time? Because if I did, I was that, in awe. If I did that, like we went outside afterwards, and I did that, you just think it was gross. You're disgusting human being. Disgusting human being. But you when he did smoking. it, when he did it, was it kind of impressive? Like yeah, cool? as much as, much like as he just, was like he was like heaving and heaving and heaving and mm-hmm. coughing. Yeah, I was like, that guy's pretty strong. He was successful. <laughs> He cleared out what he was trying to clear out. Oh yeah, yeah. It, that demon came out, but he scoured. He just looked at me like, How dare he was you? removing a demon. How dare you put your eyes upon me? Mm. That's what he said, pretty much. Yeah. That's probably what he was thinking. It's like and that's why he took the thing out. That's why he took the thing out yeah, and, and wiped f- and wiped your memory. But I closed my eyes just before he did it, so that didn't work. Oh man, and that really, that really, that really fucking happened. It really happened. It was a real thing, and you only you saw that, right? That was a moment. I'm the only one that saw that, yeah. It was a special moment between you I looked and around, he's like, did no one else see that? No one no one saw that. I'm like, oh my God, no one's going to believe me. And Reed was telling me before we recorded, he still has dreams about that moment. <laughs> he's like, coffee. <"Copper." laughs>
He can still smell it in his dreams. I can hear it. I don't I even know. It. I hear it. He still hears that sound. The man was in that, pain. That's a pretty good impression of Tommy Lee Jones. He was in pain. Making a painful cough. Speaking of poor guys, <laughs> that was Feed the Reed. <laughs> Feed the Reed. For this, for this episode number 37. We're going to go to agree or disagree <laughs> right after he's done laughing. Thunderpop, in association with these Nuts Productions, got him. Holy shit, David. I've been trying to tell that story for years and no one believed me. It really happened. With a little agree or disagree for those asses on this episode number 37 <laughs> of the Thunderpop podcast. Now, read. Two Frappuccinos before this podcast, correct? I am awake, sir. And I, I usually do an energy shot, but I was like, you know, we're recording late in the evening. Come I don't want to be awake all night. So I, I just did some green Gotta tea. Live a little. And I have almost fell asleep with this podcast a couple of times. I, I should have did I should. Yeah, there is this second Frappuccino. Uh, Two done. Frappuccinos while we've been recording. Okay, number one on the agree or disagree. We're going to talk Wonder Woman and her mm. armpits. Sexy. Armpit gate. Why are they making a big deal about it? Okay. In the new Wonder Woman trailer, yeah. that is for the upcoming Wonder Woman movie this summer, I which I'm very excited about. They're finally, we're finally going to get a Wonder Woman very movie. Very excited about it, too. So Wonder Woman, in the first trailer, mm-hmm. her armpit apparently appears, and it's quite perfect looking. Like, a lot of people thought it actually looked a little bit... Oh! They... They... What? So here's the thing. But... Some people, Too perfect. Some people noticed that it did not match the rest of her skin in terms of skin color. Tone. That it, the tone. It looked much lighter and paler than the rest of her skin tone. Yeah, because so, she's not walking around with her armpits. Well, like, hey, look I at mean, me. that, that to me would be obvious. It's like, you know, but a lot of people, I guess, I, what I'm trying to figure out is, okay, this is what I'm going to ask you. Okay, so here's the uh, controversy. Hmm. They think that her armpit was basically fixed digitally. Like maybe to make it look more like less like there's there's a sign of hair that used to be there. So she just shaved. So they're saying that they tried to somehow I don't know what they're suggesting, but that's what I want to ask you. So after there was a big blow up about mm-hmm. her armpits not matching the the color of the rest of her, her skin tone, yeah, and it being paler, they apparently redigitized and they made it to where her Dark. armpit matches the rest of her skin tone. And like then, she tans, like she actually tans her. Pits. So on the rest of her, on the new trailers, it's been altered. But it's like a fucking, it's like a quarter of a second, which raises even more talk on the internet. Like, oh, now they've altered it, blah blah blah. So here's my question, though: Is the controversy really not about like is her is it the same color as the rest of her skin or this or that? Is this really a play on the on the on the part of feminists? Who are offended that they're trying to somehow suppress the fact that she at one point might have had armpit hair and make mm. her seem like like oh she never had armpit hair. Well, she is a goddess. Is this a play on the feminist role? Who believe they would be? Would they be more happy? I guess what I'm trying to ask you: Do you agree or disagree? Would people have been more happy if they had just left her with armpit hair? Hi- no, hippie style. No. It has to be shaved. 
would that have would that have caused a controversy if they had kept her armpit hair? Well, I think for because she's Wonder Woman and because she's you know gorgeous, the idea of like seeing the armpit hair is like oh that kind of throws you off a little bit. You see hairy hairy legs and a woman's like whoa what's up with that? You, I think that threw it also to keep it clean. I think is ideal is like well that's what I would want to see. Mm-hmm. So feminists would probably say oh, I want to see a little more hair. To make it more natural. It's like, no, 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 not too much hair. Like, do you think that's what really the controversy is then? That's they want to see a little bit of... A little like, bit of hair. Hair faded. Because, you know... Like five o'clock shadow. Especially with dark-haired women. Yeah. They tend to have a little bit of this... You could see a little Stubble. bit of a, like, fade. Like a faded... Yeah, because it's never in the, directly in the sunlight. It's... it's There's fucking, a little bit of, like, a sign where there was a hair there. You could see kind yeah. of that darker spot. There was hair, are you saying? Where there was hair. There's And, like, on dark-haired women... With light skin, mm-hmm. you can see the the kind of where the hair was. I think it may, if it's if it's a little bit not stubble, but a little bit of the black kind of light light color. Because there's because in the shade. Yeah, like a little bit of shade. I guess what I'm trying to say there's like a five o'clock shadow under their arms. That's usually. fine. That's okay. But do so you think people would have been less of, like? Is that what they wanted? Was that a little five o'clock shadow maybe under if, their arm? Maybe that's probably what they wanted yeah. to make it more realistic, to make it more human. But she's not human. No, well she's. Well, she's made from human something because... She's not... She's supernatural. Yeah. Well, she's made by the gods. She's made by Zeus. Yeah. Right? Is it Zeus? She's... Yeah, she's... You know... Greek. She's a, she's a goddess. Yeah. So she's made from human parts and the gods stamped it out. There's there's Wonder Woman. Yeah. So they were like, okay, she's she just wouldn't have hair under arms. That's what they're... they're she wouldn't have to bother with shaving. Right. Like, yeah. So she's supernatural. Right. She doesn't have to hassle with shaving. Superman... I've never seen him with five o'clock shadow. He uses lasers. He uses his eye lasers to. Fuck yeah, that's how he does. That's I think you're right. Wow, wow. Yeah. but I don't know how that. What what mirror are you using to do that? Superman will never get a. Actually, you know what though? In the new Supermans, mm-hmm. he did have the beard when he was on the boat in the yeah. Man, in Man of Steel. Yeah, I know. So how do they? How did he fucking shave that? The only thing I could think is that he went to the sun, like put his sun in the. In the he put he lasers. dipped his face. The eyes. No, he dipped his face into the sun, and that's how he took care of his. Ah, uh, so yes. See, he'll never get an endorsement from like Bic razors. No, no, none of those guys. They're not sharp enough. Number two, the day we record right now. By the time you listen to this, it'll be well past mm-hmm. May the Fourth be with you. But today, it's May the Fourth be with you as we're recording this episode. Has May the Fourth be with you become even a bigger marketing bonanza than? Another made-up holiday that we know is Valentine's Day. Oh, that's a good Agree or disagree? I agree. You would agree. So do you think that May the 4th be with you is maybe even a bigger marketing bonanza than Valentine's Day? Like more revenue is being generated from it, even than Valentine's. I don't know about revenue, but I think it definitely gets more attention. Well, I think they both get attention, but I think it's... it's, I don't think it's... There's no comparison to Valentine's Day. Right. Because people are getting laid that day. I don't know if people are getting well, late this hey, day. Hey, maybe. Well, <laughs> well, some of the nerds never, never getting late. Yeah. Some of the Star Wars nerds. We were sick. like when Matt was talking about some of the guys that were showing up to talk to, know, to, talk to Darth Maul and John <laughs> Snyder. What am I hearing? They're, they're never getting late. But it's, it's getting there. Yeah. yeah. A couple well, more years. you know, I was at the grocery store before we recorded, mm-hmm. and uh, the girl, the cashier. Had her a brand new Star Wars cup Ooh. that she just went and bought at Target, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Yeah, I wanted to get a Star Wars cup because it's May May the Fourth be with you." Oh, what? So she it's her- becoming. Well, I think I think it's also because of more of the Star Wars movies are coming out, the new shows, the comic books. There's always thing. like every year new something. Yeah, new. so I think it's going to be more of a common thing. Well, eventually it will be a you know 
nerd holiday. Maybe a bigger nerd holiday. Well, the good thing about May the 4th Be With You is something that single people mm -hmm. and people that are in a relationship can enjoy, where Valentine's has always felt kind of a little bit mm -hmm. sort of like mean to single people that, 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 <laughs> yeah. that, it, that it existed. You're a loser. You or very it. lucky, depending on your perspective on things, because mm -hmm. you didn't have to spend the money on that day mm -hmm. if you were single. All right. So here is number three. Rami Malek from Mr. Robot. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. That's lame. Maybe I should give you a name. And the reason why I'm mentioning mm. this yeah. is we were talking about lost data mm -hmm. in the lost podcast episode. So we tried everything at the Thunderpop Dome to try to recover that episode. And one of the things I did is I, I went to a data recovery specialist wow. to do a thorough check on my hard drive to see if he could locate it. I found a guy on Craigslist who had some great <laughs> reviews. That can't be his real name. His name is Elliot. His business is called Mr. Robot. He works out of his apartment. So if anybody that ever needs a really good computer guy, works on PC and Mac, he's very reasonable. He goes by the name Elliot, and his business is called Mr. Robot. And yes, he does wear black hoodies. Office, no fucking His really. office is, or his apartment is in mm -hmm. South Austin, mm -hmm. off near Barton Springs Road. And he works overnights. Like, he sleeps during the day. He like, sleeps till like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And then he gets up and starts his work day. He's like one of those hacker guys. You know, they work, like, they stay up all night. They're hackers all night. Can you tell if he was a black hat or a white hat? Oh, I don't know. What's that? I don't know about good the guys, black guys, bad guys. Oh, no, he's good. He seems good guy. Unless, he's, unless he's undercover. Wow. Unless he's a, pretending to be a white hat and he's a black hat. He's a really mm -hmm. nice guy, though. So, wow. Mr. Robot. Look, cool. look him up on Craigslist in Austin, Texas. He did... He did a great job. He didn't even charge me because he couldn't find it. He wasn't going to charge me. And I gave him a tip, wow. but he was really nice. And I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to bring my computer back to do mm -hmm. other work. We're going to put a new uh, hard drive in, a bigger. Yeah. yeah, I do a solid state, and he's going to do that work. But he's a really good job. Mm -hmm. but anyway, the real Mr. Robot, or the TV version of Mr. Robot, mm -hmm. I think actually he's the real Mr. Robot, and the guy on TV is the, the fake, fake one. Fake yeah. one, yeah. So <laughs> Rami Malik, who plays yeah. Elliot on the TV show Mr. Robot, is now slated to play Freddie Mercury in a new Queen biopic. Oh. Okay. Read about this today. He's been over in England. He's been taking dance lessons. He's been taking singing Freddie lessons. Yes. He's really getting prepared for this role. And I look at him and say, yeah, I could see him he as kinda, a... kind of, yeah. Yeah, as a young... Now, he's going to take off. We were talking about TV actors going yeah. to movies and back he's, and forth. Yeah. He's got another movie he just finished. He's work, now working on the Queen movie. And I hear Mr. Robot, a lot of people have told me they think it's going to be one of those, it's, going to, it's supposed to go four seasons. Yeah. Total. It's a great fucking show. So they've already two seasons in. Apparently they'll, they'll have two more seasons left. Apparently that it was, when it was originally concepted, mm. it was planned ahead of time to go that long for four mm. seasons. Okay. Like the story is supposed to conclude. What season are they on now? They're a second. They, they had the second season come out and now they're working. So third season's coming out. Third season okay. come out. So yeah, supposedly, I'm, I'm, caught, I'm caught up, I think. So yeah. supposedly it'll have two more after after that's what I experts, the people that I really into the show have told me that, yeah. that they, they speculated it's going to be a four, show. four yeah. seasons. Now, the question is, Sasha Baron Cohen, mm -hmm. that is from Borat, <laughs> Bruno, tremendously funny comedian. Genius. He tried for years to get this movie made. To get oh, a, the Freddie! To get yes. a Freddie Mercury story. That's made. right. I he, remember hearing about that. And he yeah. wanted to do it, but here's the problem: he could not get the other members of Queen on board with his idea, with the concept, because oh. he wanted it to be more focused on Freddie Mercury, mm -hmm. 
When he went to go have meetings, there's an interview with him on Howard Stern. When he went to go have meetings with the band from Queen, wow. he would tell them his ideas, and they were like, oh, okay, great. So I, I think the middle of the movie is going to be great, isn't it? And I was like, well, why the middle of the movie? And he said, well, because isn't that where Freddie Mercury is going to pass away in the middle of the movie? And then we're going to tell the story about how the rest of the band members pulled it together and continued on without him? And then he was like, no, that's not the story. The story is about Freddie Mercury. That's the story. That's what people want to see. And he and he said... All the band members want to continue their story. They wanted it to be kind of more focused on them. Oh, that's fucked up. They wanted a movie that where Freddie Mercury would pass away in the middle of the movie, and then the second half of the movie would be about them trying to continue on without him. And he was like, no, that's not the story. That can't... That's that not, would be a documentary. That's not what people... Yeah, that's more of a documentary. And they wanted that. And that was where they kind of... They couldn't get to an agreement on it. And he also wanted it to be very realistic and really honest wow. about Freddie Mercury's story. He said there were a lot of things in that movie that he couldn't get the people that he needed to be on board with mm-hmm. it to go along with him on. Like, wow. he said Freddie Mercury was... Had some, there were some wild stories behind like behind his, his life. Mm-hmm. Like, he used to go... And he used to have parties, and he would hire midgets, or little people, sorry, mm-hmm. little people, to walk around wearing hats with trays on them with, with, with cocaine. <gasps> and he would snort the cocaine off the tray off, off, on, that was on the head of a little person. What the fuck? Wow. And he would just have them walking around at the party where you could just <laughs> snort cocaine off of And they said those kind of stories yeah. of Freddie Mercury that he wanted to put in the movie, because he said that's, that's, what, that's interesting. People mm-hmm. would want to see that, and he couldn't get... The people that he needed to the, be on board for it, yeah. to okay it, to clear that for oh. the story. So it was that, and then his deal with. But here's the question I have for you mm-hmm. on this agree or disagree. Would that movie have actually been the one that people really wanted to see? And are we going to get the watered down version the with one. Rami Malik? Oh, the Rami Malik is going to be the the studio's version. Yeah. And are we going to get cheated and we're going to actually, the one that Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to make, would that have been the one that more people would have actually wanted to see? Shit, I don't know. That's a good fucking question, man. Is it the one that you would have wanted to see as a moviegoer? Well, Sasha, he wanted to do one all about Freddy. More about focused on Freddy and he wanted it to be edgy, like about his real, the real story. I think that would have been, I would have I would have wanted to see that. And not watered down. Not watered down. Yeah. I think the one that the guy from from Ro, uh, Mr. Robot. It's going to be more that's like gonna Hollywood be, polish. That's going to be watered down. Yeah. But the, the this interesting spin is the band. Yeah. Wanting, it's kind of selfish, but you have to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. They're, they're totally, they should, they should totally have a word in what's going on and after mm-hmm. the band. Well, I, I agree. Know. I think that's a that good documentary. Be a, be a documentary. I think it's a good documentary. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that documentary as a Queen fan. Yeah. But I think for the story, the the scripted story... Sasha would have been a better story. I think it would have been more than I think story. the direction yeah. he wanted to go, yeah, I agree with that. You think Sasha Cohen wanted to actually play him? Yeah, he wanted to do it. He was going oh. to be Freddie Mercury in that version. Which, yeah, I think actually with him, I could see him doing that too. I could see yeah. him in that... that but as far as like taking it serious, like I think he would take it serious. But no, not, yeah, he wasn't going to make it a comedy. He wasn't going to make it a comedy, right? He's but it was going to be some funny parts in it, like little people walking yeah. around with trays in their heads, snorting cocaine That'd off of it. Fucking awesome! Yeah. So Sasha Cohen, I think, would have had the better story. I think. Yeah. yeah. So now I agree with that. It is time for thoughts and advice for your day, and on this thirty-seventh episode of the podcast. We talked about lost media, things that we'd like to be able to find, track down, 
that we may never be able to track down. And of course, we talked about the lost episode of Thunderpop. Hmm. The infinite, the infamous episode number 34. Yes, we, we cry tears for its loss. <laughs> but we will never forget. It will always be in our hearts. But here's my thoughts and advice for you. It's called cloud storage. Always have a cloud storage option. Whether it's a Dropbox, whether it's a, a Google Docs, these cloud storages, I'm finding out are amazing when you use them properly. Pay like $9 a month and you subscribe to one of them to get extra storage. And you can get like a, you can get like one terabyte of them. Damn. And then you could store like all of your media in there. All your, your porn. All your porn. Documents. Uh, even if you have 3D porn, it'll fit those files. Personal porn? Personal porn. Yeah, personal porn. All of those. <laughs> dick pics. Whatever it is you have. Millions of dick pics. If you get a video of Tommy Lee Jones and his huge ass loogie the size mm-hmm. of a fist. That would have been saved forever. If It would have been saved forever. Documented for you all would never human, lose that. For the world to see. You could Snapchat the hell out of some Tommy Lee Jones snot. Mm-hmm. And all that other good stuff. <laughs> Cloud storage, people. Don't be a dumbass. Get you some cloud storage and link it up if you're in in the media business. Yes, sir, indeed. We want to thank the one and only Master Jedi Matt Wilkins for making a return on the Thunderpop podcast. That was fun. We want to thank Reed Charles for returning back in the Thunderpop Dome. Thank you very much. And everyone, have a great one. And Thunderpop is a Hit the Bricks production.